Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Slam Fire Radio. This is episode 361 for July 2nd, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another one, Trevor. And I'm the last one, Kelly. And no Dave today. Nope. Dave? 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 Dave's not here, man. These are the Daves that Daves I know. These are the Daves I know. Yeah. Yeah. Dave had an appointment with a thing. Yeah, he had a thing. Okay, sure, uh, sure. I don't and, show uh, up and I get COVID. Well, Dave has a thing. I'm try- trying to listen. Like, subtle, when you're subtlety. in zone, when you're in, in zone five, you cannot have anyone imply that you have COVID. Okay, like we are the lepers of New Brunswick. We are. Eh, it's Campbell. You're yeah. always the lepers, anyways. <laughs> you're not wrong, but now it's even worse. Like before, it was just because we were close to Quebec, right? So we were like guilty by association. But now it's like, keep your Campbellton COVID to yourselves. <laughs> I got to share a funny story. Uh, I was at an RC race on Saturday and this guy walks in. He thinks he's the first one there, but naturally I've been there like, I got there before the race director did. So this guy walks in. He's right away. He's like, what are you doing about social distancing? And so he answers a couple of questions. And then he goes, is there anybody coming here from Campbellton? And the race director looks over at me and kind of giggles and points. I look right at him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel good. (laughs) And then then he proceeds to stand right next to me on the driver's stand. He didn't really care all that much then. Apparently not. Apparently not. He just wanted to, you know virtue signal a little bit yeah rc cars come on this is a good this is a gun show let's talk yeah. about guns talking about what we COVID. did guns this week was brought to you by the calgary shooting center canada's premier firearms retailer they have the remington 870 police walnut because uh you know sometimes you get walnut police uh and uh it's going for 920 it's uh built a little bit heavier to withstand the abuse and pounding that police departments inflict upon their gear Heavy and deep, hard and deep, hard and deep uh, infliction. This is going to uh, be the whole thing gear. for the show. <laughs> Upgrades yeah. include a metal trigger, heavier springs, and both front and rear swivel studs, as well as a blued finish inside and a beautiful walnut wood stock that will be abused. So if back in the day, mm-hmm. when the when the eight seventy police first came out, it was a wingmaster, and they were actually made in a separate part of the of the factory. Um, and held to a higher standard because they were going, you know, they were made for the police mm-hmm. and they were wingmasters. I doubt very much this is the quality of those original 870 police because those were wingmasters. The clone that I made last year, the year before, was made on a wingmaster. But uh, Kyrie Shooting Center had the 590 retro, right? And I bought that mm-hmm. because it was this kind of thing. And now eight seven and Remington's like, well, if Mossberg is going to reintroduce a vintage-looking shotgun, we better do it too. Right. That's usually I, what happens. 
Uh, yeah, well, exactly right. If Ford does something, Chev has to follow suit. Uh, does it say anywhere in any of this if it's threaded or not? No. 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 Not I would assume yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. That's not very police to no. put something on that you could lose. Yeah, I'm going to get yeah. mine threaded, though. I got my other so 590 A1 threaded. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, if you are interested in the Mossberg version of this, keep in mind it's not an A1. So the trigger guard is plastic, not aluminum, like the uh, A1. So it's a 590. Is that the only difference? Um, that, I think, is the primary difference. The 590 A1 um, has a longer tube, and it has a longer barrel, and it has an aluminum trigger guard. The 590 does not have those things. Hmm. So. Uh, Trevor, I just have to make a statement. Your uh, gun room there is looking very um, sparse. Fair. It is. Yeah, it's like two-thirds of my collection is gone. But two-thirds, like, in number, like, there's probably yeah. a lot of cooies that went, right? All, well, all the cooies went. Mm -hmm. it was, that's a, that's a high volume of uh, liquidation. Of I have... Uh, yeah, no, no, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm like, I got, like, four handguns left. Maybe one, two, uh, three, four. Oh, yeah, I got four handguns left. Two revolvers. Well, what you see yeah. back there, they're they're sold. They just haven't been picked up yet. Oh, yeah. So don't it'll worry. now it'll you now are, be RC room. Well, you yeah, are selling handguns at the right time because yeah. uh, should the handgun ban uh, come through, handgun prices on the used market are going to collapse, and uh, there are going to be some cheap handguns out there. So. Uh, I try. I've got one for sale. Um, what do you got? What are you selling? Uh, Anything good? Registration is closed. Sorry, pal. Apparently, anyways. Or, hi, Adrian. How are you? Hey. <laughs> we could uh, continue we on with the show here. Yeah, show while well, squirrel. Master director's duties are never done. Somebody sent yeah. me a message. I'd like to register somebody. Well, you should have registered that person before four o'clock. Okay. So I was, I was asking Whoa, you. Oh, my you uh, Trojan. My Trojan is for sale. Oh, really? Yeah, this one. Combien? 15. Hmm. Ready to go for the Ipsic. It's got uh, Dawson Sights, Dawson Magwell, DTS Safeties, Dawson Mag Button, STI Extended Button. What else uh, are you throwing in? Nothing. Mags, how many? Nothing. What else Shit. are you throwing in? Nothing. Mags. How many mags? Nothing. Nothing throwing zero. in. That means no mags. This many mags. Yeah. come with All one. Zeros. Just empty. Oh, you. Right. you single load it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you provide your own mags. Ole. Uh, All right. Whatever. Cool. Uh, Trevor, what yeah. have you been doing in guns lately? I've been uh, sucking at matches. So, uh, oh, I changed the sear cage. That we had a first, no, second Ipsic match of the year. I wasn't allowed to attend the first one because of Campbellton COVID. Um, so I went to the second one and um, I got that sear cage installed before and everything worked very good, much success. So got a little bit of practice in with other Trevor and then went to Justin Brown's Black Badge match at Filthy's Range. Um, I How won my division but did not finish very well overall i think it was like fifth or sixth or something what were you gonna say kelly i was just gonna it, it this is justin's 
first match that he nope. did? No? Okay. Maybe not. Um, uh, what else? Uh, and then I shot another match. I think I had two matches back-to-back. -back. So I, there's a black badge match at Filthy's Range, and then there was a black badge match at uh, Thomaston Corner. And uh, I believe uh, Justin and Joe put that one on. Same thing. Um, won my division, but got like six overall. Guys that hadn't beat me since I was new were beating me. And uh, one new guy, Tim, Tim, Tim Gillis. Yeah, Tim Gillis. Where the hell did he come from? He's, he's had two real good strong matches so far this year. So that's fantastic. I'm really I'm happy for you, on Discord. Yeah. All right. Um, what else? Oh, and then I was getting ready for the two-gun match. And I was going to shoot it in PCC. It was only 100, yep. year, 100 meters. So I took my FX9 and my Glock. And I'm like, all right, I'll use one ammunition, one magazine. Cool. You know what I mean? It'd be great, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, except I forgot that the uh, FX9 is literally a piece of shit and it broke on me again. Um, shot out of battery again and plugged the barrel with a squib. That's not good. Again. So um, took some cheap shots at people on CGN and I felt bad and took it down. And uh, But I sold it within, I was raging. And I sold the gun on Facebook. I was, so, I was just like complaining about it on Facebook and somebody was like, I'll buy it. And I'm like, oh, I, feel, I almost feel bad. Um, Randy was like, how much? I'm like, 800 bucks. And then somebody else was like, how much? I'm like, 500 bucks. The next person would ask me, it would have been free probably. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I sold it for 550 bucks, squib and all. Here you go. And then the next day I sold the optics to him off of it. So I shipped the gun on one day and then shipped the optics the next day. And so it all went off to BC. 500 bucks. Um, you going to get yeah. a Ruger PCC or? No. No. no, Jesus, that thing will give you the this all. It's no, no, no. What do you, no, not no PCCs. Um, what would I do for a PCC? I might look at nothing. Yeah. Okay. So all that's right. the end of that. Um, the two gun match I lost. I'd like to say that the match was decided by who could pull a pallet the best. And, but as much as I'd like to say that, that's not how the match was decided. But at the end of that stage, Manderson was ahead of me by 14 seconds. And that was going to be pretty much insurmountable. Um, this particular stage was you had your rifle on a table and you shot two steel plates at 100. And then he had to pull this pallet through the crush rock on the range floor Um pretty much in like 10 meter in, inter, in intervals you pull it up to a set of cones and then you grab your rifle and you shoot the steel again you put the mm -hmm. rifle down and you pull the pallet again and the rope was really stretchy and i knew i should have been using my legs but i was like i didn't clue in and use my legs right away manderson used his legs right away took the slack out of the rope and walked took the slack out of the rope and walked so my time on that stage was 211 seconds manderson did it in 150 seconds like he Whoa. was literally oh he went into full beast mode we did a casada drill and like it was just it was crazy he was just whipping it like it was it was ridiculous anyway i had no idea how strong he was so um so that put him 14 seconds ahead and then at the end of the match we had a bonus drill and it was basically a build drill it was uh you basically you were shooting the target 
in the nuts, essentially. There was hard cover, like a penalty around it, and the only part of the scoring zone would have been like the crotch area. So anyway, Stogie in mouth, beep, pull the go- pull the Glock, pump six rounds into the scoring zone in, uh, I don't know, under three seconds. It wasn't a fantastic time, but I believe I was the only one to shoot it clean. Mm-hmm. So okay. that would have given me the match by three seconds if I had not had a mic on stage two and a penalty for a mic was 60 seconds. <laughs> Don't miss. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So, and it was my only mic, thank God, but it was enough that it cost me the match. So really I lost, I lost because of that miss, not because of the pallet pulling, but um, it was tough, man. I'm still sore from pulling that pallet. Like, um, I've got video of it, a couple of different uh, angles. I don't know. Did I show you guys the video? Did I send Did you, you guys? pull a calf muscle or anything, though? Oh, Kelly, <laughs> resurrecting an oldie but a goldie. Good for you. No, Dick, uh, I didn't pull a calf. <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't blow any calf. I wasn't going up a slight incline, Kelly. I was pulling yeah. a heavy pallet through crush rock. Anyway, you pull this pallet, Kelly, and you can see, like, the crush rock, like, just plowing up in front of it like a snow plow clearing the highway in Newfoundland. It was ridiculous. Anyway, but um, so this is the same match director, Joel, that put on the um, Everything But Air 15 match last fall. Yeah. So small match. There was only supposed to be 10 of us. Shame on you that no showed because there were people on a wait list. Never show to the listeners. Never no show. Always try and give the match director as much uh, heads up as you possibly can because there could be somebody on a waiting list who wants your spot. And if you just no show the match director can't notify that person that they're into the match. So it's really not cool. I mean, yes, stuff happens. I get it, but whenever possible, uh, be courteous and let the match director know that you're not coming. <clears throat> Gallon. Okay. Gallon was so confused. He went to the wrong town on the wrong day for the wrong match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he was so mad. A gallon, you, you don't go to the bathroom without texting me six times. There's like three matches this weekend, and you never talk to me about any of them at all. Like He's once. going, why are they scheduling the matches on the same day? They weren't. Right. <laughs> he said, I could have shot two matches this weekend, and I didn't shoot any because I went to the wrong range. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It was. Oh, uh, what else? It was funny. <laughs> Oh, uh, and then, um, so, okay. Can mm-hmm. I go back? Can we go back just a little yeah, bit? Because, all right, this match mm-hmm. was fantastic. There's a new award that's out too. Tell oh, me about geez. The award, <laughs> Everybody needs to hear about this award because it's absolutely true. Go ahead. Okay. Hold on. Well, I have to read what's on the award. Okay. All right. So there's a new award that will be given out at these matches from now on. And this award is called the Frilatte Award. And the Falate Award is given out to the competitor who, stand by, okay, here we go. Awarded to the competitor who asked the most match-related questions in an effort to be as prepared as possible vis-a-vis match equipment design borderlining on the verge of gaming. Right, so you're the gamer. So I won the uh, I won the first ever right. uh, Falachi Award, right? Which you also said was the pain in the ass award as well. Correct. You're the, the biggest pain the in the pers- ass. It's the person who wants to be the most <laughs> sure of the rules. 
really know the rules. Right? That's yeah. it. That's all. And, and That's all. Uh, benefit from knowing the rules. Exactly. And every time I thought I found a loophole, he would shut the door on me. Yeah. Ready this time. But, uh, was, that's good. Didn't he have like 24 pages of DQ stuff? <laughs> no, but the, uh, the, the rule book for this match was comprehensive. How's that? Thorough. Okay, so Filthy says right now, the match director wrote a whole rule book to stop Trevor from gaming. <laughs> <laughs> he knows you so well. Normally, you just well like, you'd use the IPSC rule book or just get a, like rip off one of the established ones rather than writing your own. That's what I would think, yes, but uh, he's doing his own thing. So Yeah, good for um, him. Yeah, so it was good. Awesome. It was uh, like there was a lot less running than the last match, but there were still some pretty physical challenges. And I mean, I, there was only one other person there younger than me, and I'm 45. So it's kind of like, eh, you know, you got to be careful with these physical matches when people are all north of 50. So, anyway, it was good though. Take your um, and, a multivitamin. Take a take some joint reliever in the morning. No, just take yep. a joint. <laughs> That's after. That's after. after yeah. Never before. Relieve the pain. Get all paranoid. Is this the best match? I don't know. Is this the best stage plan? Uh, <laughs> you you take so long. <laughs> um, What's the start position again? Oh God! <laughs> Sitting with bong in hand. Uh, then other Trevor came over for a little uh, nine mil nine millimeter reloading session, and then uh, and so did uh, a young guy at the club who hangs out with my nephew Brandon. He came over because he had some reloading questions. He's learning to reload nine millimeter on his Hornady Progressive Press, and um, while he was there, he saw my uh, casting equipment. So uh, he came over this morning at eight o'clock. And I gave him a lesson on casting and powder coating and then oh, cool. promptly sold it all to him. Oh. So, yeah. And then. Good way to get off. a buyer. Yeah. <laughs> Here's hey, how you make your own now you, now, you, now you know how to use it. You want to buy all this stuff? Yeah, exactly. The first so. hit's free. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then at four o'clock today, the uh, squatting or the uh, registration for the steel challenge closed. And I did the squatting and sent out the email and. Um, Get the range buckets ready and stuff like that. So that's you're talking that about the steel, steel the Ronnie DeGroot steel challenge yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, so yeah. we'll head to the range tomorrow morning to uh, build the stages and get the range tidied up and ready for a match. Just kidding, not tidying up shit. We're just building stages. All and, right. Uh, I might uh, check and see if there's toilet paper in the outhouses. Yeah, I'll that's, do that. That's I'll a good that. idea. Yeah, it's match director responsibility. So yeah. and sanitizer as well. Yeah, so because it is Campbellton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe a hazmat suit. You don't need you yeah. don't need the alcohol wipes if you got that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. What else? Uh, I think that's it. Yep, that's it. Yeah, that's not that's enough. I got emails to answer. Cool. <laughs> Kelly, I did quite a bit. I haven't been on two weeks, so I've done quite a bit. I went to SFRC last Saturday. I bought some stuff. I bought some cable locks, and I also bought a Beretta shell pouch for my skeet. Is it one of them Crap. ones that you can like put on your belt and it like holds a full box of shells? Yep. But this you got one, one for twenty eight gauge. I got yeah, I got one for twenty eight gauge. Oh. But it's uh, just hold on, just hold on. 
This one is big enough to fit me as well as Kelly Kincaid, as well as four boxes of 28 gauge in. So it's huge. But it came in handy on came on handy Wednesday night when the Is it one of them ones that like goes way down your leg and has like multiple slots in it, or is it just a little boxy deal that just holds no, one box it, of twelve gauge? No, no, no. It's the one that it looks like a purse, but it has it has it it has enough room in it for four boxes basically. So I'm going to be using it on Saturday as well because I have I have to bring four four boxes with me on Saturday when I go in. Handy. Yeah. So, anyways, so I went out to SFRC. I also we had a girls' night. So Marcy, who Marcy Harriman, who is the owner of SF, SFRC, we uh, went to her place afterwards, and a bunch of us girls hung out. And you know what? So Kingston is. Hamilton's not the only place that has COVID and doesn't, nobody wants to associate with them. So Kingston has recently had a COVID outbreak as well at, from all places, a nail salon. Anyways, so we have a new mandatory regulations. So indoors, everyone has to wear masks, no matter what, or for having, providing any services, et cetera, we all have to wear masks. So we went out to, um, we went out to Marcy's place and we bedazzled the shit out of our masks. So I went to the dollar store and I just went crazy. I bought $30 worth of stickers and markers and feathers and stuff. And we bedazzled all over our, our masks. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And we talked about guns. We talked about getting together, talked about, you know, all kinds of different things. So, and then, uh, what else happened? Oh, I went and, um, I bought, so Josh V, who's one of our listeners, sent an email into us, and I've been corresponding with him. So he's here in Kingston, so I went and brought him some swag, and he also works at FW Black, which is an appliance place, and I needed a new, new fridge, so I went and bought one from him. Anyways, they're fantastic. You guys should really go. If anybody here in Kingston needs a new fridge or stove or whatever go to FW Black. He got me a really good deal too. So I just wanted to give him a shout out. Uh, what else? Uh, Gunny Girl calendar. Let you guys know that the Gunny Girl calendar. Uh, so the 2021, we're looking for models. I posted that in the CCFR group as well as all over all the gun groups in, on Facebook. So we're looking for models and you can email me or just message me or whatever. And I'll give you the details about that. But uh, we're going to have a photo shoot at the end of August. And it's going to be fantastic. I also yesterday shot an ORPS match. It was my first one that I ever did. And it was oh, cool. awesome. I really, really enjoyed it. I was not set up for it totally at all. It was a last minute thing. One of, um, one of the Maple Seed instructors, Thomas, he messaged, we were messaging like at, I don't know, midnight on Monday or Tuesday or whatever. And he goes, you should come out to it. And then I found out that Rick, Rick Ketabak, who is uh, one of the directors for Project Maple Seed, he was going to go to it. And he, I told him to bring a bunch of stuff and I was bringing him a bunch of stuff. So I was going to meet him there. So I decided I was going to shoot the match as well. Ah. So it was 35 degrees yesterday and it was sunny and it was awesome. And I also read like a lobster now because I got sunburned, but it was a really, really good match. I brought my 1022 Maple Seed. It was not set up at all. So I didn't have a bipod on it, which was an issue, but I used bags, different bags, and I brought those with me. Mm -hmm. I had serious issues with my extraction. 
so it wasn't extracting. I, I was having stovepipes like crazy. I thought I actually, I haven't used my rifle in a long, long time. The last time it was used was by another shooter. So that was back in February, I think. So I haven't shot my rifle in a long time. I've been shooting my shotgun. I've been shooting pistol and that's it. I haven't been shooting my mot. Oh, in my AR, but until the, anyways. So uh, I, I didn't even know if it was zeroed. I thought it was zeroed for 25. And so I zeroed it for 50 and it was fine. Um, not really any extraction issues at that point, but once I started getting into the match, I had some issues. So the ORPS match, Thomas set it up. It was really, really well done. There was five stages plus two bonus stages. There was 50, so he had 50 yard targets. He had uh, 75 and he had 100, 125 uh, yard targets. And normally with ORPS, it's from 35 to 80, but whatever. And then the bonus stages he also had was uh, out to 200. So you, you kind of needed to actually yep. do, some do something for that. Right? So first three stages, first, uh, First three stages actually really I did well in. Uh, the bonus on the third stage was our third stage up to 200. I was able to dial in. It was it was fine. Uh, but what happened after that is we went to another stage. I thought we were actually going to be shooting the uh, tank um, barricade first, but uh, which was out to 200. The problem was we didn't. We actually switched over to the other ones, uh, the other stage portion of the stage. And I actually, so in prep, I'm I'm all about being pro productive while I'm waiting. So I changed. Um, I uh, dialed in my scope, and then I found out we were actually not shooting that. So I dialed it back, and I didn't uh, dial it back correctly apparently. So and then when I was shooting, I was getting the dope calls. Uh, from the spotter, and I was shooting the wrong target. Oops. <laughs> and I, he didn't know I was shooting the wrong target. And then, it, oh. so what happened is my, I just lost my zero totally, right? Because I was, I was, I was making the adjustments on the fly. I'm going, I shouldn't be that far off. I shouldn't. Anyway, he goes, you're way left. All right, so I went back to actually zero again. So I missed portion of the stage because I had to go in zero again. Um, but yeah, anyways, it didn't go so well after I lost zero. Then I came back and I was back, back bang on, but it was too late, but it was so much fun. The problem is, uh, yeah. So I was drinking water as I was going up there. I had a little bit of a snack, but from 11 o'clock to three 30 when I was leaving, I didn't eat at all. I didn't drink any water. Oh no. Degrees, right. Yeah. I was baked. So I got in the car and I immediately drank. I think I went through seven or eight, um, seven or eight waters. And that included things like I threw in some salty almonds and different things like that because I needed to get back some of my electrolytes. But yeah, I, but I left the range at three 30 and I drove all the way back to Kingston, which was two hours. And I met Kelly and Kyle Kincaid at the ski club. Cause it's Wednesday night. And what do we do on Wednesday night? We go and shoot ski. So I had another, two hours of shooting of ski I <laughs> that's a full day <laughs> so it didn't do all that well with skeet and the reason i i think part of the reason is because i was so dehydrated and i was pretty much tired uh, i was i was baked yeah mm -hmm. but still had a lot, a lot of fun so yeah it's a chance to go out and have some fun at the range and it was canada today so it was it was 
it was pretty fun. So, um, yeah, that's it. Uh, oh, I did sign up for a skeet thing. Uh, as I said, I have on July 4th, which is Saturday, I'm going to go and do some lessons for skeet and I need four boxes. So that's going to be, I think, it's 28 gauge though. So it should be fine. Eh. Four boxes and 12 gauge would be a little bit on the shoulder, but anyway. eh, it's fine. As long as the shotgun okay. fits you, it's fine. Oh, it does. Yeah. 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 Uh, 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 oh, remember I said I was having extraction issues and stove piping and mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what was going on with my, my rifle. I thought maybe it was really dirty or the extractor was pooched or whatever. So I took it all apart today and I did a total strip down and clean, looked at the extractor. Everything was fine. It was just dry. Was it oiled? It, you know what? So back when originally I got it back from, Kyle was the last person that used it. It was raining slash sleeting slash snowing mm -hmm. when he had it. So I, I do know that I cleaned it because I didn't want to put it away wet and mm -hmm. without oil. But yeah, it didn't have enough oil in it. But like the ammo I was using was fine. The extractor was fine. So I'm taking it out again. I made a date to, with Kelly again to go out on Sunday and we're going to take the rifle out. I'm going to go shoot a couple of MQTs just to qualify again this year. <laughs> but I want to actually check out the rifle and see if there's still issues with it. I oiled that puppy up though. Yeah. Should be fine. Uh, the 1022s don't like to be dry. Dry and no. then shoot, shoot a couple hundred rounds through them and, and they start acting up. Yeah. But this, I don't know. Anyways, I've, I've never had anything. Like I had the, I had my Aguila, like the stuff, my little stash, because there's none mm -hmm. left in Canada, by the way. So I had my little stash that I was using because it's pretty accurate stuff, right? So mm -hmm. it did not like it at all. It was, it was pretty bad, actually. So anyways, it is what it is. Yep. I had fun at ORPS. I'm going to try it again. I do need to have a different rifle or put a different optic on my rifle because I have a Crossfire 2, Vortex Crossfire 2, which is fantastic. It's 2 to 7. All you need is 7 magnification or whatever. But the reticle on it is just crosshair. So, right? So what I was doing for the shorter stages, um, 50, to seven, or 50 to 75 to 100, instead of uh, making uh, adjustments, I was actually using Kentucky windage, you know, doing the holdovers. But since <laughs> yeah. I don't have any anything on the scope itself with respect to moa adjustments i just was doing kentucky windage okay it's six inches here's where i'm gonna aim at the target and here's where i'm gonna hit and it was fine <laughs> until 200 right <laughs> yeah 200 yeah. Uh, a ways yeah 200 yeah. a ways yeah anyways it was fine i had a ton of fun and i'm gonna practice it i'm gonna go into the matches and i found something else that i really like to do it was awesome. Fantastic. I got to go hit me. one of those. I got to hit an RPS match. They do them over here. Our first one's the 25th. Yeah. Didn't um, Miriam, she had one on Saturday. Gallon showed up on Sunday. <laughs> Where's everybody? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, funny. Yeah. I got to do those. Anything else? No, that's it no. for me. I think I'm pretty sure. Oh, I got an announcement, but it's coming up in the events. So go. Cool. Uh, I took my boys to the shooting range to shoot some 22s. So um, I, they did most of the shooting. I just uh, I just watched. Uh, yeah, I just kicked their butt, and awesome. that I'd not even at the shooting. No, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I just I just hammered them. 
Um, yeah, so so I took out a ten twenty two. You got away with. So it's, I'll tell you later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, took out the ten twenty two and took yeah. out the uh, Winchester Wildcat and yeah. Uh, yeah, boys had fun. We we shot okay. uh, a lot of positional shooting, so I had them yeah. uh, shooting seated, standing, kneeling, prone, that kind of thing because uh, deer season's coming up, and my oldest is uh, is gonna it, gonna go with you. He's going to hunt this year. Okay. It, it, he can start this year, so uh, I need wow. to. Yeah, need to get them comfortable with shooting positionally because there's yeah. probably not going to shoot off a bipod. We're not going to have bags there, and uh, we need to be able to shoot that 243 out to 200, 300, maybe. So, mm -hmm. to I want to ask you about the wildcat. How was it? Fantastic. You hadn't, you hadn't taken it out by that point. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, it was fantastic. Kids really liked it. They really liked the uh, the iron sights. One thing that happened to me. Uh, it might be hard to show. The the iron sight got loose. I just need to tighten down that bolt on the back because it's on a, a slider, right? Right. Um, I tried it with a scope. Tried it with a bipod. You um, need a red dot for that. I guess it could put a red dot on there. Yeah. I got a brand new in the package. Crossfire red dot. One hundred fifty bucks. Ooh. Maybe. Okay, you're not allowed to sell anything else. Not even been mounted. I got no guns to put it on, Kelly. What am I going to do? I'm just saying, you're getting out of guns. You're not, it's I'm no getting long, out of guns. I'm getting rid of all the guns I never used or fired. Okay. I, su I support that. I, I support getting rid of guns that you don't use or fire. because Now, I may have gone well, too far by selling the Versamax. <gasps> but, uh, yeah, the closest thing I have to a competition shotgun now, Kelly, is that <laughs> retrograde Mossberg 590 I bought. Well, no, you have that uh, uh, Typhoon or Durya or whatever in the back there, too. You said that's the closest thing I have to a competition shotgun. That he's allowed legally. to use. Right. Uh, legally. Uh, legally, yeah. You're, you're, you're hooped now. Um, no but jams. it held up. No, no jams at well. all. It was fine. It was How fine. many rounds did you get through it? Uh, 400. <laughs> okay, so that's a good test. Yeah, I think so. Um, the accuracy was like an inch at 50 yards it's like not fantastic that's okay um but yeah yeah like doable and i mean and the uh uh everything else on it was fine my kids preferred it to the 1022 because it's so it's so super lighter light. yeah, yeah so they could they could hold it standing and they did it yeah. wasn't like tiring them out or anything like that so they, yeah they, they really liked it that's their um, good then uh well maybe i mean you know the thing with me is that i buy and sell a lot right so I know. That uh, sucks to be them if they if they find a gun that they like. <laughs> but I mean, the, the cool thing is that I can start cleaning the bolt here on air, and uh, and that's it. I've I've got it out now. I can start cleaning off. It doesn't look dirty enough. I fired all sorts of like my crappiest ammo at some uh, that is Remington innovative. I hate everything. I don't hate that. There's some things that I like about it. Like, were you on the air when I was talking through that Norinco, um, oh, what was that? Yeah, the yeah. SA-22? Yeah. And it, and it popped so. out a trigger pack, something yeah. like this. Yeah. It's a good idea. It's got the same striker as that. Got yeah. the same, like, recoil rod and all that kind of stuff. Now, uh, there's some parts. There, there's some things I don't, I don't particularly like about this. Like, the fact that it is on like all one little plastic thing and it's all hinging off the, the back there. Like, I don't think mm. the accuracy is just going to be as good as, uh, as some of the more solidly mm. mounted uh, solutions out there. I concur. But, uh, 
a lot of, you don't need the accuracy in a 22. You don't need that kind of accuracy because the ammo's holding you back. And especially if you're positionally shooting, you're well, the limit, you're not, not the gun. You're not taken to a biathlon. Like... Yep. Yeah. I think if, if, uh, if I was going to have my kids shooting like uh, rabbits and that kind of thing, totally. Yeah. Super lightweight. Yeah. And uh, I, even, I even put a bipod on there. I have like a little cheapo Atlas knockoff from China that uh, mounts on a pick rail and uh, yeah. just jam it right on there. And I just broke this fucking thing here. So <laughs> way to go. <laughs> Slides it's off. Like, it's not like the new car. The first thing you scratch. Yeah, uh, broke it. Uh, wait, 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 wait. It's fine. It's fine. There okay. we go. There we go. I just, yeah. Don't worry about it. It's great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Shoot the hell out of it. Just leave it off, you know. Yeah. Or that. Or it's that. fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so even the, uh, with that little bipod on there, they, they enjoyed that. And then we did a lot of like seated and kneeling and prone and standing and that kind of thing. And they, they, they did really well. So I think I'm going to do that more often with the, with the two of them because they both enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, all we did was shoot 22s all day. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. I like 22s. Maybe yeah. we'll do it on gophers next time. Mm. Right? <gasps> How does a gopher crop this year? Have you been out much? I've been out and it is thin, very oh, thin. Yeah? Yep. Are they poisoning? What's going on? Just shooting them a lot. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people shooting them. That's fun, right? Like a lot of people in Alberta here grew up uh, doing that. Uh, shooting gophers. gophers. Yeah. yeah, shooting gophers. So uh, now all those people grew up and they want to shoot gophers and they're better at most it. Most people so. go to you know picnic down by the river. You know, me and the family we go gopher shooting. Mm -hmm. Alberta pastime. <laughs> for me yeah definitely oh, hell yeah uh i think that's it that's uh 45 70 on a gopher oh my god i don't know like a, it even... a lot of i think like the if you want to do damage to a gopher you need like a little bullet going fast. like stupid yeah. fast yeah, yeah 17 yeah, yeah. hmr 17 what is well, that 22 250 is nice so it just turns them into a flap of bloody leather mm-hmm so does 17 HMR. 17 HMR is really God, devastating. I've not been, it is, but I've never mm -hmm. been able to actually like split one in two. I've turned I've them inside. No, pretty good. I've split yeah. them in two with like What's that. What's the next yeah. step up from the 17 HMR? That new WSM. Yeah, yeah. That must open them up. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those rounds, they're dumping all their energy into the thing behind them. So you need something that opens up rapidly. A light little bullet going stinking fast, and that's the only way to roll. But uh, first time in years that I'm not going to Alberta this summer. Yeah. You feel, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, you feel I'm not going either. It's just weird. It's not oh. even a COVID thing. Like I've got to study. Like my, my, I got my orientation on weird. the seventh, and then I don't know what life's gonna look like. Yeah, after after college. During college. <laughs> <laughs> Eating ramen noodles and lines yeah. of coke. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It'd be a thing. Yeah. I didn't do coke the first time. Maybe I'll do it this time. Okay. Really live it. Live it up. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's university. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's it for me. Uh next up, upcoming, upcoming events. events. Yeah. We have a new sponsor. They're called Telos Alpha. They're a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms retail, uh, vertical. They help businesses with their processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. Learn more at telosalpha.com. 
Sweet. Upcoming events. Kelly, did you want to cover this first one? Okay, so this is actually not an event. It's something that's taking place. Yesterday I bought, oh, I don't even have it with me. Uh, CRPS, they're doing the Founders Coin again this year. So they're doing the Founder Coin fundraising. Basically, right now it is going to be instead of one rifle, you have the opportunity to win two rifles. So you purchase this coin. First rifle is a Tesro. It's from Tesro.ca. It's a CZ. Uh, 457 and it's long range precision it's, so it's match ready it comes with a bunch of stuff like heart it comes with a nano case clean kit all kinds of different things and then there's another rifle and this one's from go big tactical it's the voodoo v22 the Ooh. krg bravo or bravo and the trigger tech it's a trigger tech build too so it is a really nice um build mm -hmm. So you can use you can win one of those two uh, if you build buy a coin and the coin itself is a challenge coin but it's fifty dollars and you as I said have two chances to win so I bought one yesterday because I want to win it last year Trevor do you remember who won it last year I don't even know what you're talking about Kelly okay CR, CRPS giveaway fundraiser it was Brian Bolivar that won it it was awesome mm -hmm. yeah so go ahead and buy it brian, you, who what Trevor, brian, brian boulevard won it last year and never heard of her i Bulliver? know boulevard so i included the link we can put it on uh we can put it on the show notes as well so crps go and support them so that they can get across the country and stuff like that awesome and you want to talk cover this uh project maple seed fundraiser as well Okay, so we did launched yesterday was Canada Day. What a great way to launch Project Maple Seeds fundraiser for 2020 as well. We're in partnership with uh, PGW Defense Technologies. They have donated one of their flat darker yeah. coyote rifles. It's chambered in 308 and it comes with everything. So hard case, two mags, bipod, cleaning kit, etc. as well. The rifle itself is worth almost $7,000 and then all the extras as well. It's fantastic. You can also uh, win, if you don't win that, you can also win from, um, uh, who the heck was it? Oh, Gravel Agency. They gave us two Marlin uh, XT-22 rifles to give away as well. So you have three chances to win. Uh, what you're doing is you go onto our website, go into the shop, go down and purchase one of our limited edition PVC patches. They're, it's partners in precision with PGW. It's $50. We have 300 of them available. And once the 300 are done, by the way, we launched this yesterday and we're half or over three quarters sold or two, a third sold. Yeah. So we've already sold a hundred of them. Um, what else? It's $50 for the patch. You get a beautiful patch, but you also have a chance to win three rifles. So that's it. Cool. Check this out. Look at how this what? bolt like hangs on to like all the stuff on it. There's the recoil and the uh, uh, mainspring all on there. It reminds me, of a, reminds me of a 22 conversion kit bolt for an AR. It's so weird. So weird. And interesting. And like, hmm. How breaky-breaky is it? Not very. Oh. Like the, yeah. Because like the back part that I was showing you guys there, this is just a thick piece of plastic. That's metal. That's metal, metal, metal. Like this is all the, this is what's doing all the work in the gun. Yeah. And the rest of it is very plasticky. 
rest yeah. of it's a little little maybe breaky Flimsy. breaky kind of a thing yeah but, uh we'll see yeah i just come up with a brilliant idea what's that what so i got this ghost stinger holster here right yeah and it's a kydex shell mm -hmm. for my 1911 and it's basically made of the cheapest kydex on earth like it cracked within a month or two of getting it split right down the site front site channel is that duct tape it is duct tape um don't uh don't don't sidetrack right now <laughs> if uh i knew someone who worked with kydex kind of like the guy who made the holster for my phoenix redback mm -hmm. you could just make a new kydex shell to fit on this hanger because i really like this ghost hanger it's got lots of adjustability and stuff uh-huh and then this whole thing wouldn't be a waste right like i could just get a new kydex shell put on there and I could get a Kydex shell made for multiple pistols and then just swap them out on this hanger, depending on what gun I want to use. If I want to change guns, I don't have to change the entire belt or change the entire holster. I'll just change that shell. Yeah. You hmm. just saw that and you were, yeah. 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 Easily distract them. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Let's get into the news. Uh, the, so some people added some stuff. Did you guys add the list? I of... added nothing. I added that list. It's updated as of yesterday. What are the new ones on it? They're all new. They're all new. Okay. Well, they're all let's... new. These are uh, uh, donations to the CCFR illegal challenge. Uh, do you want to read through them? Okay. So Pembroke Outdoor Sports Club, they donated $4,000. SFRC, $10,000. My favorite store ever. Uh, Historical Arms Collectors of BC, $2,000. Port Coquitlam and District Hunting and Fishing Club, they donated $5,000. Ridgedale Rod and Gun Club, $500. Salmon Arm Fish and Game Club, $500. King Cardin Nimrod Gun Club is $1,000. Nimrod. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Santra de Tier Masca, uh, $8,000. Re reliable Gun, Vancouver, $4,178. I think that was a top-up, and that's why the number is rounded. Uh, TNT Gunworks, $500. Islington Sportsman's Club, $5,000. Prince George Rod and Gun Club, $1,000. Prince uh, British Columbia Sporting Clays Association, which is awesome, $1,000. Tisdale Wildlife Federation, $5,000. Cold Lake Fish and Game Club, $5,000. And Cowichan Fish and Game Association, $3,000. And those are just the ones that have recently donated. So that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it makes it a lot easier when a lot of people donate a little bit and we get mm -hmm. up to those, uh, those big numbers pretty quickly. Yep. Uh, the next piece of news here is the uh, city of Cold Lake opposes uh, gun ban. When you guys added this? Yeah, I did. So the city of Cold Lake, Alberta, decided that they were going to publicly announce that they would oppose the uh, municipal gun ban. And if people wanted it, it wasn't going to happen in their city. Mm -hmm. So fantastic. Yeah, Alberta. Yeah. Alberta. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the province, the province is basically going to make it so they can't. And even the municipalities are like, nope, we, would, we, we weren't going to anyways. <laughs> we declare yeah. that we weren't going to anyways. Yeah. So other provinces have cities that are going the total opposite of that. Mm -hmm. it's just... <sighs> Not so much for Alberta. No, I know, What's the Alberta. RC racing scene like out there, Adriel? I'm asking for a friend, of course. <laughs> I have no idea. 
Yeah. Okay. Luckily for me, there's Google. Yes. Yes. RC racing is not something that I pay attention to. The teacher wages are very good, though. We pay the highest. Um, Ontario pays higher for some bands, uh, but otherwise, Alberta pays the most of any of the provinces. Master's degree. I might do okay out there. We don't need bilingual out here. That's Shut not up. required for for Canada no, or Alberta. But I'd get paid for it, probably. Yeah. Will you guys still have like? Wait, if I go prison? out there, I'll never have to speak French ever again. Correct. No, probably yeah. not. Sign my ass up, Tabalnak. <laughs> Sorry, what? Alberta. Tabernak is. Uh, it's a word I, I won't use. I know what I know what tabernacle is. I will yeah. always use that word. Yeah. You might have to bleep that. Mm, no. He said fuck a while ago. <laughs> three of them this too. episode. Uh, one by me. All right. Well, let's get more into the no, news. Maybe we can get some more out. Uh, really? Oh, fuck. You guys see this one? <laughs> Support for anti government pro gun boogaloo movement growing in Canada. I did. I even got. <laughs> Messages sent to me about. Oh. Uh, did you read it? What's yeah. J.R. Cox so going on about? Is this the J.R. Cox thing? No, but he's no. he he was quoted in it. But this is a, a CBC article. It's like uh, mm. it's like imagine like old people trying to describe like video games or video game culture or something like that. that like would the, be, the yeah. like they like just they've seen it from a distance and they're like ah I think this is what this is about. That's really what the what the article sounds like. So. Um, Mm-hmm. One of the things that's coming from it as well is Facebook have stated that they might be removing any references to Boogaloo. So, for example, the same. Yeah. yeah. So, the Boogaloo bread group that we're in. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, oh, I, like yeah. the The article is is pretty ridiculous. I'm gonna I'm gonna read a couple of uh, choice quotes for you guys here because. Uh, uh, there are a couple that I think are uh, are really silly. Wait, wait, wait. Where do I find this? Uh, oh, they got the the some of the stuff is right. Like they were talking about, like oh, they wear Hawaiian shirts because it's a reference to Big Luau. And it's like, yeah, that's a thing. Does that sound like a thing that serious people do though? Seriously, does it sound like I, a serious thing? Filthy and I wore our Hawaiian shirts at the two gun match. I mean, come on. Yep. Yep. Um, did you know, Trevor, that? Uh, the colorful shirts are in line with the satirical or seemingly innocuous elements that sometimes are used by extremist groups. Uh, it follows a much longer thread of organizing, also used by groups like the White Power Movement. I tell you, not only did I know, I didn't give a shit then, and I care even less now. Oh, man. I don't know who the CBC gets for to... Uh, uh, to comment on this stuff, but uh, so idiots. I'm 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 confused. Are they wearing hoods or are they wearing Hawaiian shirts? Hawaiian shirts. There seems to be a little bit of a difference in there, right? Just like just a, like maybe a little bit of context they could have figured out in there. Yeah, it's it's people. You know what? I don't know. People. It it's funny. You got to admit it's funny. It's supposed to be funny, but it's supposed I know. to be funny. Yeah, like. <sighs> Yeah. We we wear our Hawaiian shirts ironically, but people think uh, they're serious. Yeah, yeah. So I need to stop now that the CBC has got a hold of this because it would be like teacher wants to boogaloo, and then the job lynch mob would come after me on social media. 
Uh, well, don't worry. Uh, according to the CBC, there are no reports of boogaloos at uh, Canadian protests. You think? They called the boogal like the boogaloo is not an event. It is a person now, according to them. Okay. This what, is like uh, this is like old people trying to figure out like LOL and LMAO <laughs> and some of that some of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Canadian protests. Have we protested anything actually Canadian recently, or are we still well, just piggybacking on American protests? No, there was, We don't actually have any problems. Yesterday was Canada Day. There was yeah. some firearm owners that showed up at Parliament Hill. Oh, there, good for them. There That's wasn't good. that many. Some were dressed in their Bigulu gear. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, a gun owner uh, showed up to uh, uh, Justin Trudeau's residence today, too. <laughs> he was, uh, I don't know if he's protesting. No, he's a current uh, member of the armed forces. That's not good. Uh, the Specifically, the Rangers. Yeah. Rangers. Yeah. What happened? Some, uh, someone from Manitoba drove his truck to Ontario, Ottawa. And was armed and showed up at the Drove through a the, gate. Yeah, the PM at Justin residence. Trudeau's place. He wasn't there. What, what was this like? What was he going there to whack the PM? What, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't say a lot. Yeah. I, I like the they are. How the borders were closed? How did he get in? Drove. Drove. And they drove just let truck. him in. Where are you drove going? Truck. Going to see Justin. Going to see Justin. Yep. So uh, so that happened. There wasn't too much said about it. I think it's a career-ending move. What do you think? <laughs> for, for this, I wouldn't CLM. want to put it on my resume you know as, as, maybe if you're going to apply after that to, to some other place you probably want to leave that part out he'll uh, just claim PTSD start smoking weed everything will be fine self-starter you could put self-starter on your resume I wouldn't put this Proactive. motivated <laughs> go get her go get her sorry yeah. this yeah. is horrible yeah but at the same time why. like I didn't do it and you didn't do it and no. We probably don't this know this person, so mm. probably don't know. No. Probably don't. Oh, anyways, but, that arrest was just that was just today, uh, so we but the police aren't going to give any information out because they don't. Ongoing investigation. To. Ongoing yep. investigation. We don't need to say anything unless it's politically uh, convenient for us, and then we will. For now, nothing. Yep. Lock him up. Take away his guns. Take away his guns and lock him up. Uh, the government gave us his, his guns though, so um, because Rangers are issued uh, uh, firearms from the Canadian military civilian yeah. guns no i mean yeah. anyway he's toast yes Correct. yep he'll uh he'll probably serve like a year and then uh, get out no uh, because he's a military he will be going to edmonton so yep. just to let you know edmonton he's going you to military jail he's going to military uh, you don't want to go there mm, mm. uh uh, next thing that we have in the news here, the Alberta CFO has directed the Wapiti Shooters Club to cease all shooting activities on the outdoor rifle and handgun ranges after Dean's Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Now, what do you mean? It was like they just failed their recertification? This no. is news? What's what's going on? Uh, well, the club has been there for a while. They put mm -hmm. uh, uh, they zoned a golf course uh, right past the, oh, the end geez. of it, and they put a bunch of houses around it, and now they're like, man, this is unsafe. You got to shut down. So the uh, county asked the CFO to look into it and shut them down, and the CFO has shut them down. So, Even though the, the gun range does predate the developments. But if they follow the template, those people wouldn't have been allowed to build there. Yeah. And if they allowed them to build there, then it was a well-known fact that they allowed them to build there just simply so they could eventually get rid of the range. I think the other issue is that um, around the range, there's a lot of popular shooting spots, like not certified shooting spots. Yeah. 
and uh, that might be like there are some people who have like had bullet holes in their houses and that kind of thing but it might be from people who are exactly. just shooting shooting off range yeah yeah this is grand prairie we have yes. to keep that in mind yeah just middle saying. of nowhere really yeah. but i guess they like me there must be a reason why they're developing so close there grand prairie has been growing uh, fairly rapidly yeah. Uh, so that might be why developments are starting to encroach on gun ranges that would have been in the middle of nowhere. Right. Surprised that happened in Alberta. Here in New Brunswick, the range that Matthew used to belong to, people started to buy and build next to the range. And then they started to complain to the city council. And city council said, if you uh, you want the, you got a problem with the range, then you pay to move the range because the range was there before you built the house there. You don't build next mm -hmm. to train tracks, complain about the noise. You built next to a gun range. If the gun range is inconveniencing you, you can relocate the gun range at your own expense. I mean, it's not even the, this is the second time it's happened in the last five years because Spruce Grove got shut down as well. And that's just west of Edmonton here. That's Alberta. So it's okay. not unprecedented that uh, that stuff happens here. We're, we have a, like a rapidly growing population uh, and uh, with more development, they get silly with developing around gun ranges and they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. no, yeah, they shouldn't. it's not like Alberta isn't big enough. I go to Alberta and there's like, Tons and tons and tons and tons of land and every house is piled on top of each other so the developer can just maximize profits. Mm -hmm. It's so gross the way you people live on top of each other like that. You could fit three Alberta houses on my lot. Yeah, yeah, very much so. You get a huge lot. I hate it. Uh, let's see. New gun stuff. Uh, Iron Guns has the Ruger American Rifles in 223 and 762x39. So if you want to <laughs> use your AR mags, uh, there's an option. They got them for 490 US. Range view is uh, clearing out AR parts, and they also have twenty percent off and no tax. So, Sweet. Um, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do with those parts. Nope. There's some things you could do, I guess. Like they had a uh, they had an M14 bolt disassembly tool, which isn't useful for M14s, but if you have an M1 Grand, uh, that would still be useful. And a lot of these parts still fit in other guns. So, yep. yeah, yeah. They got some trigger tech triggers for like 199, which uh, is very wow. nice. And those will fit in other guns. So yep. yeah, yeah, there's some options there, some bolt releases and a whole bunch of, uh, of other stuff that, uh, that might be interesting. And the last one is uh, FOC is uh, running some, and a lot of the stores really are, are running uh, Canada Day deals. Yep. So take a look at, at some of the stores. They might have deals on for today and tomorrow. And uh, look closely because some of those deals are pretty good. Right. SFRC has one on right now for 15% off. It's Canada Day. It started yesterday and it's good until the 6th. Sweet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Lots of stuff out there. Make sure you guys are keeping your eyes peeled because there's, uh, there's some deals right now. Yeah. Awesome. Didn't I sent I sent you guys some info on ammo from SFRC that's on deals right now. I forgot. Maybe yeah. Or I'm already like I'm chalk I'm I'm stocked up on ammo. A couple of deals I, I took advantage of and when I when I find like a good deal, like if it's a good deal, I'll buy a lot of it. I'll just stack mm -hmm. it deep. Yeah, because you want to be in that new when you know when you get arrested and they come and find out your cache arsenal of stockpile. You know, stockpile. <laughs> arsenal <Bullets>. stockpile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is like Holy. no it's like the ipsic shooting rounds and and three gun shooting rounds and a bunch of other stuff that i need but yeah i just like to i'm, I'm, I'm just very cheap and I like to buy it cheap it's not uh, a bad thing 
Yeah. Why don't we get on to the main topic? <laughs> Our guest tonight is Keith Garcia. Keith is a California police officer serving for over 20 years with a portion served as a SWAT team leader. We're talking to Keith today because he's an exceptional three-gun shooter and trainer, having multiple wins on the Three Gun Nation Pro Series. And he's one of the few three-gun trainers who has done clinics up in Canada. Keith, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really uh, happy to be here. Awesome. So maybe let's just start off from the start. How'd you, how'd you get into three-gun? So when I was hired as a police officer, I really didn't have much experience as a, uh, you know, with firearms. I went through the academy, and that was eye-opening to me, and the instruction wasn't particularly good. Um, then as, as my career went on, I got kind of recruited to, uh, to join the SWAT team. And, uh, and I did that, and then I, I went to SWAT school and, and sniper school and stuff, and, and I thought I was getting kind of good. And uh, you know, in cop circles, I, I was good, and I went to a, a cop-only match, and it was a handgun only match and I won and that was probably like the worst thing that could happen because I then went to a civilian match and got destroyed by like a 12 year old girl <laughs> uh, and I figured out that most police officers really you know they carry the gun because it's a tool and they're not really very good with it and it's, it's sad because you could have to use it to protect yourself or somebody else and you should be good with it but it really spawned my interest and made me want to get better so I went uh, the next five six years I, I, I really focused on handgun and uh, I wanted to reach the level of grandmaster and I did and I did that in limited division production division and I was able to shoot uh, the, the national championship uh, USPSA nationals on the super squad mm -hmm. for, for a few years and it was it was fun um, but then I got exposed to three gun and I just found it was it was a lot more interesting to me because there's so much more you have to do so much more you have to train for so much different gear they obviously the the one of the things that was cool about it is there's a lot more options for sponsorship because there's so much different gear. You have three guns plus you have all the accessories that go with it. So when I got into it, it was just the right time. And there was, there was tons of people getting in uh, three gun nation was, was, was getting spun up and I was, I kind of rode that wave and it really was a unique time and really the, the, the height of everything, you know, we're talking 2012 through probably 2015 uh, when that TV show was, was, uh, was on and uh -huh. uh, you know everybody top 50 guys were and gals were, were meeting uh for matches same gear same day same stages and no hiding uh so it was it was really cool uh but it i just i love three gun i love the people too that even when I, when I when i came to canada when i went to the philippines three gunners are just a lot nicer to be honest with you because i think everything we have to do in a three gun match uh people tend to share plans share gear share ammo if they have to and you go to all handgun match and everybody seems a little more tense. Uh, I don't know if you have that up there because all you Canadians are all very nice. But uh, down, <laughs> not down all of here, us. <laughs> down, here, down here, it's a little different. People get a little excited and uh, it seems like that the handgun stuff, people take a little bit too serious because, you know, no one's shooting back at you. Uh, so you should, you should have fun. Um, and, and to me, if I'm not having fun, I probably wouldn't continue. I know I wouldn't continue. I've always told myself, if I wake up in the morning, I decide I don't want to go to the match or go to the range, I'll probably be it. And I haven't had that experience in the last 20 years. So uh, I've been very fortunate. I really enjoy it. I enjoy the training. I enjoy the shooting. So, uh, you know, my journey to where I'm at now, it, it's been interesting. I did SWAT competitions for a while which were basically six gun competitions and you know, mm -hmm. crazy stuff like you're going to run a mile, you're going to climb a fence and you're going to shoot one round, you're going to run another mile and, you know, crawl through a ditch and then shoot one round and that kind of stuff, you know, it gets old quick, but it, it showed me that, uh, 
that it was, you know, it was the Taco Games before the Taco Games was cool kind of thing. And uh, it, it showed me that I like to shoot more than I like to, than I like to run. So uh, getting into three gun in USPSA was a better deal. Yeah, I, I think um, one of the other things about three gun that you mentioned there, it's it's fairly new, right? Like we we haven't uh, we we've been doing three gun matches for a while, but it hasn't been like as competitive as uh, USPSA or or IPSC has been um, uh, for as long. So a lot of it is like fertile ground, unbroken territory. People are figuring out new stuff all the time, and I think the the competition gets much better every like year after year after year. It changes quite drastically. Well, yes, and my competition gets younger and younger and younger. And someone <laughs> was even born when I got out of college and became a cop. So it's 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 fun uh, in that I can still remain competitive because you know you've got people who are full time shooters like the AMU team, and then you've got a lot of youngsters who are sponsored by their parents, so essentially they're full time shooters, and they come out and they're gunning for you every weekend, and it's uh, it's good. It keeps you motivated. Uh, but yeah, you know, you go back in the history of the thing, you go back to like the Soldier of Fortune matches down mm -hmm. here, the original three gun stuff, that's the outlaw stuff, the real, the real, uh, the, the history of it. Mm -hmm. And those are really cool. I, I, I miss those. I, I didn't get to shoot in those, but I hear stories and uh, I hear they were, were really fun, you know, innovative, you know, everybody's got dragging stuff out there that, you know, they really were just kind of winging it at that point because there was no set rules. And there's still a, a pretty popular, I mean, outlaw matches are, probably the biggest best attended matches in the country here and and the, the only issue with that is everybody can kind of has their own skill or their own rule set mm -hmm. so you've got to read the rules before you go to different matches uspsa is pretty straightforward we have uml that's pretty straightforward a lot of rules but you got to read them but then every match you go to other than those it's going to have a different rule set so you need to really be sure of uh of the gear you bring and uh you know what were you doing while you're there yeah, we we have the same thing here uh, in terms of rule sets and, and variety, and majority of them being outlaw. Um, when you were getting into three gun, what were what were some of your big breakthroughs that uh, that really took you the furthest, or or what 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 allowed you to to see those step changes in uh, uh, in results? So I think for me personally, I, just committing to a training routine, figuring out what I needed to do. So you know. Back when I started, we were reloading we shotgun uh, one at a time. You, know, you had the, the caddies, you pull them out four, you're, you're coming in one at a time. And you really had to practice to get good at that. And as a result, there were only about three, four or five people in the country who were really good at it. And uh, luckily, I was one of them. So I enjoyed that. And it was uh, something, like, something I worked at. And I know if I went to an all shotgun stage, I was going to be in the top three every time because I could load the gun. But uh, figuring out the gear uh, and then improving upon your gear, I got some good advice early in my career. And uh, I was told, don't take free gear unless it's something that's going to improve your shoot. And, and I, so I passed on a lot of different opportunities over the years because I didn't think it was really going to improve my, my end result, which was you know, your results in the match. So I just stuck with the stuff that I knew was working and, and upgraded when uh, when I felt I, I was to the point where the gear was holding me back. And that, that to me was very good. I shot a Glock for a long time. And then I felt mm -hmm. like the trigger and the sights were holding me back. By the time I switched to a, a 2011, that was a big breakthrough because now you've got a gun that's inherently more accurate. The trigger's better, has less recoil, and it's just uh, yeah, fun to shoot. So that, that really was a step forward. Uh, getting shotguns that work all the time getting uh, Terran Tactical Innovations to do work on my gun, make the ports bigger. You know, we, we'd map this out and got things reliable, got it easy to load. Uh, that was huge. Uh, now, this may sound funny, but just getting a scope mount that actually 
held the scope in place and didn't let it move around a lot where you were traveling across the country. Uh, Warren scope mounts, uh, when I switched over to those uh, on the advice of my friend, Benny Cooley, who after I shot a long range stage, took my scope and twisted it. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I said, what are you doing? He says, ah, you couldn't hit anything anyway. So I'm just showing you what's wrong. And then I switched over to Warren and I got a scope mount that actually held the scope in place. So when, then I was real confident when I had my zeros and I traveled because one of the things about, you know, if you're going to, you're going to travel for three again, you got to have a good case and you got to be sure that your gun's going to be zeroed and functional and reliable when you get there. So that's, that's one of the big hurdles about traveling all over. I've, like when I come up to Canada, when I've been to the Philippines or all over the, the United States, when I get there, I need those things to be uh, really ultra durable and reliable. So th- those are big steps. Uh, having that, having that, that confidence, uh, and then having a training plan. And I developed a training plan where 10 to 15 minutes a night, I was handling the guns. And it's uh, web manipulation and transition between the guns uh, at home, at night, five, six days a week. And uh, when I was training, when the, when the height of this whole thing, I, I had two small kids, two jobs, uh, and I, I didn't have a ton of time to myself. So I was utilizing my time trying to be efficient i would if i got to the range one time a week it was either to practice for a day or shoot a match and so dry fire really committing to that is what helped me uh, improve dramatically yeah i i can echo some of those thoughts around reliability if i i went through a couple of shotguns before i got to one that uh, that i liked that ran and uh, ran with cheap ammo that was important too <laughs> and i think that uh when it comes to durability like yeah a, a pistol and in, in uspsa or ipsic goes from the holster to in your hands you're not gonna bash it against or you shouldn't bash it against stuff you, you might i guess choose to but uh whereas in three gun we are dumping rifles dumping shotguns hitting them against barricades uh, yeah, it, 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 the stuff needs to be a little bit more durable, a little bit more, uh, reliable as well. Um, and, uh, getting, re- getting reliability on a shotgun is, is, is pretty tough. Actually. It's, it's something that, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the shotgun manufacturers haven't quite cracked. Well, you know, the, the guns will run great if you put two or three rounds in them and you go shoot sporting clothes. Uh, the problem, or you go hunting. The problem is we hang these big extension tubes on the end and, uh, you know, that we put down here, we'll put 12 or more shells in there and it's a lot of weight. And it's, uh, there's a lot of surge in that when you're, when you're shooting as in fluctuating back and forth. So it is difficult. The timing's difficult. You really need somebody who knows, who's figured it out to, mm-hmm. to do the work and, and get it all tuned because the reliability of shotgun is huge, like you said. And when I came up there to Canada to teach and shoot a match, I noticed you guys had a lot of versa maxes. <laughs> and, uh, they, and and they were running, so I was like, "What? What is this first of magic? What, what, how do you get these things to run all the time?" <laughs> yeah, there's, um, I, you know, uh, it's it's a good point to to kind of talk about what we do in Canada. So in, in Canada, one of the big limits yeah. is around is on magazines, right? Uh, now the where the law says uh, five rounds for center fire center fire rifles and shotguns, five rounds in the magazine. But there's some. Um, there's some other rules that you can take advantage of as well. Uh, so for shotguns, five rounds. Okay, cool. That it's not magazine fed, though. It's it's, it's tube fed, right? So this shotgun is a three and a half inch chamber. So I can make the tube out to take five point nine three and a half inch shells, and that'll get me more in the tube than five. And yeah, so so that's that's something that uh, that we do out here. That's uh, a little bit different than shotguns. Now we had a more competitive, more interesting open division 
for the last three years, we had these uh, Turkish box-fed uh, shotguns, and there was a pump-action shotgun that had a similar mag that ran in it. Now, pump-action shotguns don't have a magazine limit. So people were taking those mags and using them in the semis. And that made it a lot more interesting because the open shotgun was, was useful. You could run a 10-round mag in it. You could run a red dot. And that's more competitive than one of these guys. Um, but with the most recent uh, wave of bans, those are now out. So uh, I think most people are going to go back to those. Or there's a bullpup that I think takes those mags as well. So they might use those. Or maybe they'll go pump. So I don't know. So, so how many rounds of like two and three quarter inch can you get in that gun? So this one will take uh, seven in the tube, one in the chamber, and then a ghost load for nine. Nice. Which nice. is, right. yeah, which is nice because this is an A5. So seven in the tube, one in the chamber, I can do two quad loads and I'm, I can go from zero to full uh, just, just by loading them in through the port and uh, not, or sorry, just... from, the, from the bottom. Which is all dumb get... when all you really need to do is change a magazine. Which you can. <laughs> Which. I was say, yeah, you're living in the past, Trevor. Uh, we got we to adapt. He's living in the past, man. This is the future. Oh, wait, it's prohibited. <laughs> but this is the open yeah. shotgun, Keith, that he's talking about. See, 10 rounds, right. magazine, that mag change. You don't, you don't thumb them in one at a time like a homeless person. <laughs> Yeah, I think in the States he had the RIA VR-80s, and that's what that is. It's a Turk shotgun. Okay. Yeah, I have one in the safe in the garage. It's It was $600, so I thought, wow, you know, I could, like, buy some coffee or I can get a new shotgun. Right. So uh, I went down and got one of those when they came out recently. I haven't shot it yet. It just sits in the safe because someday, you know, I may get lonely and just, just, just want to shoot open. And What's maybe, the AK? What's the AK shotgun, Keith? The, uh, the Dissident? Or, I'm sorry, the Sega? Yeah, how popular is that? Oh, it's huge because uh, Dissident Arms does work on them, mm -hmm. and they make them run like ninety nine percent. So nice. rarely we'll see. see them. Yeah, they're expensive though. I mean, you're talking four or five grand uh, to get one. So, but it's a it's a nice system. But it's the best. Yeah, you pay, right. but it's and the best. It all yeah, three gun comes down to shotgun, right? I mean, I, I I don't know about that. Honestly, it's uh, well, if everybody, yeah. Well, okay. So before MagFed, three gun came down to who could quad load the fastest. When there was a well, there you there was a big difference though, right? That was that so, fertile ground. If you could train a little bit and and reload your shotgun half decently, you'd want yeah. everyone. Mm. Well, so before when we were actually pulling out of caddies and loading one at a time, then there was a huge um, huge learning curve, and not not very many people could do it very well. And that's mm -hmm. what I liked. And, and mm -hmm. now uh, when quad loading came out. Uh, that pissed me off because it then it's so easy that everyone can do it. Um, right. Seriously, it's so easy that that you could ev almost everybody on the range is going to do about somewhere between two and a half and three and a half seconds. Quad turn that gun over. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not this guy. <laughs> well, it takes practice. A little, little, little oh, bit of practice. A little if bit of dedication. I if I tried to quad load and was chewing gum, I would have a seizure and crap myself. Like it's, it's <laughs> too Trevor, many moving parts. All I want you to think about when you're there alone for alone is just when you grab those shells, you just go hard and deep. Hard. It's like prom night. You say it over and over again. Hard. It's like prom night. Just like prom night. And, yeah, got it. That is, it's a secret. Just go through it in your head. You'll never forget. Hard nope. Hard and hard and deep. Got it. <laughs> Pro tip. It, it, I'd be like, what, what was it that Keith said? Oh, yeah. Keith. Keith told me to go hard and deep. Keith told me to do that. 
that's how I'll remember. So yes, every time I do, every time I do a hard deep quad load, Keith, you'll be on my mind, buddy. That way, it's that way. When you do that, it stays in. It doesn't pop out on you. Noted. Thank you, sir. How come you guys aren't helpful like this? So helpful. Oh, jeez. Keith, you can, you can replace either one of these two jokers on the show, man. You, you could. It's yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's, that's what we're doing for shotguns. The, the, the ones that are popular out here, Versamax, is like you saw. Uh, the uh, uh, Stogram 3K is really popular because it's cheap. The, the price is fantastic on it. And uh, Benelli M2s, but it's hard to find a three-and-a-half-inch chambered M2. Right. Yeah. I see yeah. that's the, that's the big, uh, the big ass there, right. To get the three and a half inch, you can get a couple extra shells. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, right? Like the, like the idea of running a three and a half inch three gun shotgun when you're just going to run two and three quarter in it doesn't make any sense, but in Canada it does. <laughs> I, I, I picked up on that really quick when I got there and figured out that everybody's going to have more shotgun shells than me. And yeah. uh, when we went to shoot the match and that was fine. Cause you know, I just figured I'd just load faster or whatever. And uh, it worked out, but yeah, it's, I could see that. But the one good thing about it, it makes that match saver. It's like waving your arm in a warm room. Just throw that thing right in there. There's a huge hole. Yeah. 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 Another big advantage there. I mean, the other one that we do is, uh, is in pistol magazines. I was talking about 40 versus nine. This is a nine millimeter magazine. This is a 40 cal magazine. They both run, run nine. Uh, this one holds 13. This one holds 10. So that's another thing we do. And then the other is like, this is a painful one because if, if we can't keep what we've got now, uh, we're going to have to run like chest rigs to hold enough mags. This is a, this, you probably only need a few of these or you run a, a D60 or something like that. Except ours got that stupid the, thing, that, that two cent uh, rivet that's stopping me from becoming a, a mass shooter right there. Uh, keeps this thing to five rounds. So rather than these, we've got stuff like this. This is two 10 rounders that are coupled in the middle. And right. uh, so you can, you can do the flip, the flip trick to, to get you. And, and the only reason we need these rather than the tens is just like belt space, right? Trying to get enough stupid magazines to have a half decent stage uh, here in Canada means that uh, you pretty much have to run these couple 10 rounders or just run like a ton of uh, 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 pouches on your belt, right? Too many, too many, I think, in, in my yeah. opinion. I agree. Are you going to have to limit the stages to like, you know, 10 rounds of rifle or 20 or something? And, no. you know, yeah, that's tough. And they're yeah. so fun. Yeah, right. I agree. I agree. So yeah. definitely uh, being innovative. And you guys are just forced to be innovative. And you know what? That, yeah. that, I like that. So, you know, you guys, you're, you're thinking outside the box. Because when I came up there to teach and, uh, you know, I'm walking down the line with the idea that I'm going to be shooting a match against all these people in a few days. Uh, and I'm looking at, you know, the 10 round mags that hold 13 and the, uh, my, my, you know, I'm trying to borrow some five round rifle mags. And I see guys who have 15 rounds and a Beowulf. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm borrowing those. Because <laughs> the difference between five and 15 is uh, yeah. two reloads and no good. So yeah. That worked out well. Uh, especially when you're when you're in you're you're doing your long range stuff and yeah re reloading reacquiring aim all that kind of stuff sucks. I mean the the probably the biggest thing that's that's changed just recently here that's really sucking for us is on the rifles because previously yeah. AR-15 they're restricted so you can only take them to the range and and back you you, you couldn't go hunting with them or anything like that here in Canada. Um, but as a competition rifle, fantastic. Uh, those are all prohib now. XCRs are prohib. Uh, so 
there is not a good choice for a rifle now. There are some okay choices. Uh, like I've got a WK-180 that I've got set up for limited here. Uh, and this is AR-ish. I mean, it takes AR mags, so that's a positive. Okay. Uh, drops free and, and whatnot. Uh, no bolt hold open, but I can just rack the bolt or to, to drop it on, uh, on a new mag. Um, okay. So it's okay. It's okay. It's is, is that a direct impingement gun or is that a piston gun? Piston. It's a piston. Okay. All right. So yeah, you basically the same thing, right? I mean, but like, so there, it, it's will, okay. Yeah. They're, um, some of the earlier ones are not very reliable. They break a lot of parts because it's like, it's not a thing, right? Like the, the nice thing with an AR is we could get American parts and American parts are generally pretty good and run them in our rifles and we're, we're good to go there. Now we're using all these weird guns. The ACR would be a good, uh, a good one to get if you could get them, uh, but those are getting hard to find. Uh, XCRs are banned. And then you could get into some weird stuff. Like there's a Benelli MR1 that's in 223. That's non-restricted still. Uh, you could get uh, like a, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you throw up in your mouth here, but uh, a Caltech Su16 or an RDB. Those are still non-restricted. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Keith. Uh, and then, or you could get like uh, uh, something that would be completely non-competitive. You can get a bullpup. You can go like Tavor X95 or a, a Type 97, which which we have up here. Or you could get silly and you could go for like an SKS or or a PCC of some kind. But those are yeah, so you, you, you guys can still have SKSs, huh? Yeah, yeah. Huh. we've got cheap SKSs too. Yeah, we have our own laws. We were not affected by any of your commie laws that made you lose right, the SKS. Right. Yeah. We have our own I problems. Leave the freaking SKSs alone. Don't give me any ideas. I'm going to oh, make a call. Uh, our, our SKS <laughs> is, is only RC five rounds, MP? though. Oh, yeah. That's, no good comes from that. That's a lot yeah. of mag changes. You've got to really yeah. practice that. And stripper clips are not fantastic. Yeah, the they're not. No. So, yeah. So, for our rifles, they're, they're, I, I don't even know what I would recommend to someone uh, uh, just getting into uh, – what they could use just because there's there's just not that much that's that's fantastic so right well you know yeah. you've always got uh, your next election get a new prime minister yeah change some of these laws yeah not a yeah. chance in hell he's been giving out covid bucks like they're going to the style oh yeah you make more money staying at home now than going to work right he's bought the next two elections and ensured that my great-grandchildren will be paying off this debt yeah take but hey that's the new normal well, we're, we're talking about like uh, uh, the cost to buy back these rifles will be so high. They'll never do it. But they, they blew so much money in the last few months. It's, it, it would be a drop in the bucket compared to that. That's right. Yeah. Never, yeah, ever like say they won't spend money. They're, yeah. they're spending money like it's their own and not mine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a lot easier when it's yours. To yeah. They don't have to think about it as much. Every time yeah. I hear government funded, I want to slap somebody. So I, I take it, does that, is that, has that been cutting down on the, uh, the, the, the shooting tourists? Like when I came up there, is it, is it much more difficult to travel up there to shoot now? Uh, shooting tourists has never been allowed, no matter where they come from. <laughs> tourism. How about tourism? You can still come up. And you this can... is not really a shooting destination. Shoot a match with neutered magazines and stupid gun. Maybe we'll get to use an SKS. No. We had good competition, though. It was that Prairie Fire match was good. It was a lot of good shooters. Uh, yeah. Everybody was really nice. There were bun stages. We had a good time. Yeah, it's, it probably won't affect the um, the IPSC, 
because those guns no. are still fine, but yeah. uh, for now. Well, I is mean, everything 10 rounds though? I mean, in terms yeah. of Oak 6 stuff? Yeah, so you're based, oh, so do you have all the divisions, but you just limit them to 10 rounds or you just shoot production? Okay. No, we have all the divisions, but everything is capped to 10. Right. So, so we don't have L10, we just have L. You just, you just have, <laughs> just the L just have limited. limited, instead of limited 10, it. we just have limited, you know what I mean? Yes, so why anyone would shoot limited 10 is that like the sped division in usvsa limited 10 limited 10 down here um is like for states like california and uh, uh, yeah. a lot of the ones on the east coast where there has been a magazine capacity ban you know that's why it exists new york so new jersey right right there's yeah. there's quite a few quite a few states but you know honestly it's funny because we have tons of shooters in california i mean our our matches, our matches sell out, you know, club matches sell out in a day and then they're turning people away. And there's, there's a lot of people shooting them and the laws make no difference because uh, ATF and the, the DOJ out here are not going to uh, matches to find law-abiding citizens. They're looking for criminals on the street who are using guns to commit oh, see, it's uh, the opposite up here. Violence crime. Our criminals yeah. get left alone to shoot each other and they come after the law-abiding citizens. That's... Mm -hmm. what's happening here you well know? you're 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 definitely at the cutting edge then <laughs> <laughs> yay we're progressive we're ahead you're progressive yes you're ahead you're ahead because we've got lots of people down here and i and i i, I hardly see a 10-round magazine uh when i go to these matches so it's uh it's kind of entertaining the guys in, in production gals shooting production do it and uh yeah. limited 10 is there's still you know people coming into this to the sport and they want to shoot limited it, you know, it's not the easiest thing to acquire the magazines if you weren't old like me before the band and bought a whole bunch of them. Uh, but well, that's right. You like actually have day. grandfathered mags. Well, and yeah. wasn't there like a two-day gap where like all bets yes, were off was. and you could just go buy whatever? Yeah. And it was it was like a day and a half. And you know what? I ordered. I got a whole bunch of stuff. And it yes. <laughs> just, just and it was it wasn't because I even needed to do it. No, I just of course not. To do it. Absolutely. And yeah. So I got out the credit card. I'm like, oh my god! And I ordered a bunch of stuff, and it showed up. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. This is what it used to be. Uh, but honestly, you know, uh, what I've heard some people do is they just. You know, when you're when you go to like when you go to shot show you, you fly to las vegas and then you go to a gun shop and they're all out on the floor there and they're not even behind the counter and you could just pick them up and take them to the register and they don't ask you where you're going to take them to no okay none of their business correct it's a sale so it is their business right. And they're not right. cheap. They're not <laughs> cheap, but uh, yeah, no. I, I, I just I have a feeling that people have done that in the past because yeah. I see a lot of magazines here. But uh, yeah. So I have a question about. Uh, so you've been to Prairie Fire, correct? Right. So Canadians, Canadians here, at least the gunnies that I know, were very passionate about our guns, wanted to keep them and training and things like that. So if you take a typical Canadian who's a gun owner versus an American who's a gun owner. Do you see any differences between the two? So, well, I can tell you this, the, the, the people that I met, that I had the class with, that I shot with, were all much nicer than Americans. Uh, oh, thank just, you. Just, just really, you know, honestly, not to suck up to you guys, but they, it, everybody was really, really cool. I, don't, yeah, really I hear cool. that all the time too. It's like, what's the difference? Like when you say hello to an American, do they immediately try and stab you? Do they snub you? I don't understand, like what happens? It could happen, it could happen. Right? Uh, uh, so 
yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's there is it's just a cultural thing. I I think you guys are a little bit a little bit easier going. Uh, just and just want to get drunk with you. That's all. I, yeah, <laughs> I noticed there was there was a couple guys there trying to do that too. Yep. A lot of Molson getting passed around. Yep. Uh, it was good. It was good. Um, but here's the thing with, with Americans, we um, because we have a constitutional right, and people are very passionate about keeping that. And they, yeah. And they, but there's also equally as many people who say we shouldn't have it. So there's a there's right. quite a, a, a conflict between those people who are vocal. I, I don't know, you know, how vocal your anti-gun people are in Canada, but we have people who are really organized and they, they attack the NRA. They've tried to bankrupt it um, and they, they attack competition shooters a little bit, but they really go after, you know, kind of a any gun owner who uh, wants to carry for self-defense. And they kind of skirt around the... Uh, the hunters because they know that the hunters uh you know are very passionate and if they, they don't they go after criminals way, also no 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 you you can no. you can shoot a police officer with a, with a fully auto automatic weapon and uh in in san francisco and kamala harris when she was a da wouldn't uh wouldn't go for the death penalty so it's uh it's pretty pretty sad state of affairs they literally yeah. let the criminals do whatever they want mm. yeah, so yeah that's the same yeah, I, I, yeah, I would say similar. that uh, we don't have particularly like well-organized uh, anti-gunners, but they are very well covered. Like the media really, really covers well, any kind of- They also get government funding. They get yeah, government they do. funding. Yep, they, they, they get do that they? as well. Yeah, yeah, the same government that runs our firearms program also funds a group who wants to take our guns away. Brilliant. <sighs> and we Make also have state-run media supports that kind of stuff as well well you know yeah it's uh our media down here is um there's about 99 to 1 uh with uh, anti-gun anti-conservative uh yeah but at least they're not publicly funded like the the communist broadcasting corporation is taxpayer funded and incredibly biased yeah that's too bad i really this country's gone so far left it ain't ever coming back okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I do have a qu- Trevor's a little ray of sunshine isn't he <laughs> yeah. I do have a question for you about so you've come up here and you've done training up here and I know that some of uh, some Canadians actually have gone down to California and trained with you down there so what's what's the type what do you need if I wanted to come down and see you and train with you in California what do I need to do so uh, bringing your guns down Pick here a better state Go to Arizona. Isn't, isn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I do more classes in Arizona now than I do okay. in California because it, it's easier to to get there with your guns and not have any issues. Uh, although this was, you know, it's funny because like when I went to the Philippines to, to shoot, man, my guns got, went through a million times and everybody was like, holy shit, you're going to take guns to the Philippines. Oh, you're coming back. And it was a big deal. When I went to Canada, I uh, flew into uh, Vancouver. And they're like, hey, welcome to Canada. I'm like, thanks. And they signed my sheets and then I flew to Saskatchewan and my guns just came out on the, on the, on the, the belt. belt. And no one ever looked at them. They never opened them in Vancouver. Right? I just paid some money and, and they just showed up on the belt. I'm like, okay, that's not weird. Whatever. Let's get out of here because I don't know if somebody's going to be looking for me. And then on the way back, uh, I fly to Vancouver and they're like, hey, welcome to the US. Uh, I'm like, thanks. Uh, didn't say anything. Uh, didn't look at my guns, and I I got to San Francisco, and they came out outside of the international terminal. They came out on the conveyor belt, 
And so again, I could have had 50 pounds of cocaine and three headless you know, bodies in there. And no one ever looked in the case. And it was just shocking. I was like, man, they really trust these Canadians. They, they, <laughs> they, they made me, they, they were going to strip search me twice on the way to Philippines and back. But uh, not, not coming from Canada, it was just fine. Well, I think that if you're going to go through all the stupid paperwork they put you through, yeah. they probably just say, uh, it's probably fine. But it, you know what? Everybody was really nice. Because when I called up initially, uh, they're like, yeah, you need this, this, and that. And send it, And make sure you send it in ahead of time. And I did. And it was easy. It yeah, was, as long, as, it was, you're, as, long it, as you're organized. Yeah, it, it, you don't, you're not going to be doing, doing it spur of the moment because you got to get all that yeah. stuff squared away and have people you know, like ready to receive you and all that good stuff. But right. it was, uh, and then have a match you're going to because they needed that. Like, it wasn't just, hey, I'm coming, bringing my guns and I'm going to hang out in Canada. They were like, where are you going exactly? And, you know, where's this match, et cetera. But once they had all that uh, filled out, it was fine. It was, it was really smooth. Okay. Awesome. Um, but you know what would be even better, Kelly? What? You could have you could have me in your very own home whenever you want me. <gasps> yeah, let's talk about that. So about uh, in March, uh, I decided to do uh, work with Pantheo Productions and yeah. do a video on how to train for three gun. Because I, for the last 15 years, I've been kind of, every year I, I kind of, I change as much as I can to improve and become more efficient at my dry fire training. And I have a, uh, for me, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes. When you're first starting out, it'll take you, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, 30 minutes maybe. But as you get more efficient, uh, all you gotta do is set up, you know, an eight by four by eight table and have your rifle, pistol, shotgun, and all your gears and some dummy rounds. And you can literally learn how to do two of the three phases of, of the way I break down uh, training for three gun and shooting. This is so you have shooting, weapon manipulation, and transitions. And shooting is everything, you know, when, when you, we've got the sights on target, what you need to do to get that, you know, make that hit with respect for target size and distance. And then everything else is weapon manipulation. So getting the guns loaded, keeping them loaded, fixing them if they're broken, uh, how you mount them, how, you know, how you're holding them, and then transitions between the guns. And those last two, weapon manipulation and transitions, are things that people don't pay enough attention to in matches and I'll see them. They'll, yeah. they'll get up and they'll shoot really fast. Da, 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 da. And then it's, you know, let me put this one down and let me pick this one up. Da, 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 da. Put this one down, pick this one up. <laughs> and it's, uh, it, you waste a lot of time that way. Yeah. And, and basically what I've done uh, is, is put together a four hour video where you can get all the, the dry fire training that I do, all the weapon manipulations. There's uh, 50 or so different challenges that you, you do. Uh, from you know thinking the weapons are loaded, having an empty chamber, loading them, having a reload in there, loading with an emergency load, uh, weapons completely unloaded with the ammo on your belt, uh, completely unloaded with the ammo stage. So once you've done all those in dry fire, you can take that to the range and just easily set that same table up and put up three targets, and then you can you can shoot all the drills and and you can track your performance to to verify that these drills are actually helping you get better and more efficient. Yeah. Right. You throw it, you throw in a little long range training and a little shooting on the move. And now you're ready to go shoot any match. And, and kind of the way I've explained this to people over the years is once you've done all the challenges that I have in this dry fire package, you can go to any match with any, you know, uh, devious stage designer or match director, anything they want to try and do to you to throw you off your game. You're going to walk up and you're going to look at this challenge, this, whether it's an unloaded start with the, the ammo stage on a table or some other weird thing and go, I already have a plan for that. That's cool. All I need to do is, to how to, is figure out how to shoot the stage the most efficient. 
and then you're not stressed out about a distraction you know uh, some other some start position or something they, they make you do and and i see a lot of new shooters or shooters actually shooters have been doing it for a long time who don't have a plan for certain things and that's now the distraction and it and it consumes them and they're not thinking about the stage plan they're not thinking about being efficient in their movement and it really throws you off so if you if you do the the, the dry fire training you get the you build up a lot of muscle memory first of all for lack of a better term and that you become more efficient and it, it relieves the stress to be honest with you because once you become efficient with the weapon systems getting loaded getting on target transitioning between them you never have to think about it again and you, you just do those dry fire techniques at home and when you get to the range when you're shooting a match and you know, the, the buzzer goes off and you know you, you don't want to be thinking about every single little thing you do you want it to happen and if you have the muscle memory you can let it happen and you'll 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 do much better and at the end you won't think you're going fast but the timer is the one that tells the story right. so yeah, where the, can you yeah uh, uh with with new shooters so that's that's one thing that, that really separates them is how they deal with weird stuff or how they deal with a jam or something like that whether their stage completely falls apart afterwards uh is uh, something that happens and just just practicing remedials or uh, or some of the different start uh, positions that you're mentioning there really helps with that really helps with reinforcing it and uh not letting it bother you when you get to the stage <laughs> not obsessing over right. something and instead like remembering that there's a whole other stage that has to happen here and uh absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. and what a little pro tip for you it was given to me years ago uh i was shooting with the the, the super squad and the handgun nationals and uh third or fourth shot in i had a you know double feed and it took me some time to get it fixed and then i went on to just try and catch up on the stage which was ridiculous and then wind up with misses and stuff so one thing that was told to me years ago was great piece of advice if you have something really bad happen just shoot all a's for the rest of the stage just shoot all a's because you don't want to make it worse yeah interesting yeah yeah interesting uh yeah, it's 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 been great having you on. We're we're getting into forty minutes here. I just want to make sure that we're not taking too much of your time up. Um, maybe before we let you go, is there anything that you wanted to uh, promote or plug? Where can we find yeah. those videos? Yeah. So uh, pantheo.com and uh, the three gun video goes live today. There is a thirty percent off coupon code that's uh, right on the website when you when you punch it up, and you can do uh, a couple, two or three different ways to get it. You can order a DVD. You can just live stream it. And uh, they have, you know, uh, single purchase options as well as subscriptions. And it's kind of cool. Um, if you look at the site, there's a lot of instruction on there. Bob Bogle's doing some competition handgun stuff, and he's an excellent instructor. Uh, and there's a lot of other things for hunting and uh, tactical shooting and, and just tactical shotgun, tactical pistol, uh, a lot of different self-defense stuff. And some real, uh, some really cool characters who have been involved with firearms training over the years. Louis Arbuck. Pat Rogers, guys, are real icons that did a ton of teaching, like at Gunsight, and uh, really they were there. Jimmy Cirillo from the NYPD Hit Squad. They, they, these guys, they're, you know, they've got a ton of information they've passed on now, but they're living through, you know, these these documents that they prepared years ago and videos. So uh, it's it's really kind of fun to to go in there and, and learn from some of the the, uh, the the icons in shooting. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I mean, like during during the these times where COVID's happening and there's a lot of places that are still locked down. Uh, getting a getting an excellent video and uh, and going through some training is uh, is probably the best that uh, that some people can be doing right now. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm going to coach you through all the different uh, all the different techniques, and it's uh, ends up being four hours long. So it's everything I do in a three day class. 
And, uh, you know, I think everybody will come away with something. Trevor, what'd you come away from, from this video, from, the, from this little chat with? You're muted. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah muted because I'm dry firing. Uh, the last thing you said about at least make the rest of it alphas. Yeah. No, I was thinking of the other one. Hard and. Oh, he <laughs> told me, make sure I go hard oh, yeah. and deep every time. And then yeah. it will come it, back out. Word to the wise. It, it, yep. it's, it's very, very applicable. It is. And not just Again, the shooting. Life. Hey, Christina, I got some great advice I want to share with you after the show. <laughs> Christina? Uh, uh, awesome. Well, thanks, uh, thanks again for coming on, Keith. This has been uh, fantastic. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's my pleasure, and I hope to uh, meet you all in person at some point. Awesome. Right on, dude. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Keith for coming on and telling us a little bit about uh, Three Gun. Uh, do we have any feedback on the Facebooks? Mm, not really. People were talking uh, about 17 HMR with gophers. I like, I like 17 with, with gophers. Yeah. I just think that um, if you're good enough, a 22 is good enough. And you can, I don't know, it's just more enjoyable. You don't need like ear pro on. You can just shoot it and have a nice day. Shoot yep. cheap ammo. That's the other thing. 17 HMR is, is kind of expensive. Expensive compared to 22 rounds. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like it's it's getting pretty close to 223. Close enough where you're like, hmm, but if just a little bit more, I could get a 223. But then you wouldn't be like plinking rimfire and, and enjoying yourself and shooting gophers and that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Not much else on there. Luca okay. Dan's talking about going out on Saturday to the match and bringing his cheater gun. Better than that, that's it. Cheater gun. Ooh. Mm. He got from Denis apparently at uh, DC Armory Gunsmith. Why don't we get into the listener feedback, which is now sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith? Hey. Isn't that a good segue? That's my line. <laughs> <laughs> Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. And check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. Yeah. I'll take the first one from Stephen here. Uh, your guest, the cop. We had cops on twice, I guess, in a row. Yeah, no, I was uh, thinking about yeah. that. Hmm. Uh, your guess the cop asked and answered his question. That's why <laughs> their bodyguards get to have firearms that we can't. Is their life worth more than ours? Well, guess what? Yes. They firmly believe their lives are worth more. They also believe they are better than us. The cops that protect them are cannon fodder. We're on the same level as pawn scum. That's the way liberals and Democrats think. Conservatives are not much better. Just listen to the way they speak. We need major change in how we're governed. We need prop absolute property rights. And by that, I mean, if purchased legally at any point, there's nothing a government can do to take it away. Period. Full stop. Yeah, Canada's constitution. Um, some it people sucks. like to think that it's a, a, like a, a pretty strong constitution. And it is in yes. some ways. Who would like to think that? In some ways. Would like on the global scheme, on the global standpoint, it is okay. okay. On uh, comparison to one like the U.S., it's not very good. No. There's not very many personal liberties in there. And the problem is that if you don't have personal liberties in a uh, constitution, the government can take them away at any point. Absolutely. How come yeah. we can't take the government away at any point? 
You can. You can, but you have to vote him out. It's fairly destructive, <laughs> usually. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're talking to you. I was talking. Where's my Hawaiian shirt? Talk- Where's talking- my Hawaiian shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's talking, talking about <laughs> voting. I'm like, mm, <laughs> no, Hawaiian shirt. Let's, let's I was see if we can. with you, Kelly, actually. <laughs> Now you guys are talking about Boogaloo. Remember a couple of shows ago when we were saying how many times we're going to, with Boogaloo being mentioned, we're going to be shut down. Boogaloo, Boogaloo, Boogaloo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we can detect it in in the audio. If we say Big Igloo and Boogaloo and Electric Boogaloo, if you say that that many times, do you think the keywords will like pick it up and like flag it for CSIS to look over and they'll be like, what's going on here? Yeah, they got too much. they're They're already watching us anyway. They can't watch criminals because criminals don't put themselves out there. We put ourselves out there. So, yeah, there's a whole division that listens to podcasts and watches YouTube and, and, and watch CGN all day long. You're not fooling anybody when you say bear defense thread. If you think you are, you're a moron. If you don't think the cops are watching CGN, I won't insult you. I'll just tell you you're, you're, you're very wrong. I, uh, cops have told us they will watch CGN. So, duh. Mm-hmm. And us included, for sure. We're being watched. Absolutely. Hi, everybody. I hope so. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, add thanks add for to watching. the viewers. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, watch again. For, watch as many times boost, as you want. <laughs> thanks for boosting our numbers, horse police. Uh, uh, some of the animes. Yeah. Love you Kelly, guys. Kelly, do you want, to, uh, you want to take the next one from Range Bob? Okay, so this was on GOC, so I decided to put it in here. So nice. range well, GOC yeah. love. Yeah. Excellent episode, he says. I like Craig's one hour chatting about the May first at OIC impacting his professional life, including redacted anecdotes, and a bit of personal life, my property, our property. And his self directed questioning. I love that by the way about door-to-door searches for them and uh, your counterpoints. I heard elsewhere that the police are already too busy to go door-to-door, but Craig added the point about defunding the police, which is another nail in the door-to-door seizure idea. His comments about horrible firearm seizure seizure boxes, um, getting warrants, seizure paperwork copies to everyone was also well taken. Craig stated... um, Can I make a comment right now before we go any further on this? Sure. The current system for seizing firearms would not lend itself well to seizing firearms, so they would just revamp it and change it before they did it. Yeah, as part of legislation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We can't seize firearms because we got to do this, 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 and this. Oh, guess what? New policy. Now you just throw them in the back of a truck. Throw them in the dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) This might actually happen. Okay. Craig stated... And he's paraphrasing this. Police don't shoot a firearm or a weapon. They use a platform. So Glock platform. He went through the whole thing. Glock platform, 870 shotgun platform, 870 less lethal shotgun platform, taser platform, and CA, which is an AR-15 platform. I, I, I He said, he didn't say weapon. To, he said weapons because it gets confusing and I agree with him. They are weapons. Uh, I mean, if the police yeah, are weapons. using, I don't care. The police anymore. are we using them. Whatever. They are they are weapons. That's right. Because that's what they're going to be used for. Yeah. That if is a their cop purpose. comes on the show and wants to call it a weapon, guess what? It's a weapon for him. Mm-hmm. Right. It is. 
but when then we got into the whole and we're not going to go down that rabbit hole near one hour and 15 you talk about a rumor of pals not being renewed and revoked and losing all firearms if the m uh two or three owners don't surrender them immediately for destruction i think this is unlikely you guys were talking about the m uh two or three not having that grace period and having to be um uh, surrendered immediately so he goes on to say frt one two five six eight zero colt m203 shows that non-restricted in february 2020 so how would the cfo know it's a question mark as well they're under a two-year amnesty and using your license which they must issue if you meet the criteria which is also unlawful unlawful also there uh, are no new threads about the M203 on CGN in the past two weeks. I mean, if I look up uh, M203 Colt on Armalytics right now, it says prohibited, affected by ban, prohib. Right. Um, uh, I think the thing that we were talking about was whether or not they were included in a two-year amnesty or not. Um, Correct. Which, yeah. I haven't read the uh, relevant legislation because it doesn't affect me. Right. So I don't know. Dave was talking about that it it does not, it's not included in that, that you basically have to turn it in right away. Hmm. Or, uh, but that, that they also don't know how many of them are out there and don't know where they are. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So, meh. Mm. Meh. Trevor, you want to take the next one from Josh? you guys do a show on ammunition and if it makes sense to spend more money what is the difference between 22 between a 22 shell that costs five cents versus 25 cents or a nine millimeter shell that costs 25 cents versus a dollar hmm. that would uh, be interesting to do as a as the whole thing yeah that yeah. would be interesting yep yeah yeah you, yeah you know like uh, sometimes you get what you pay for and sometimes you don't. You remember um, Dynapoint? Mm. No. No, 22 ammo, Dynapoint, 40 grain, 36 grain. Anyway. Uh, I might have used it at one point, but. And then um, the M22 came out. Oh, it's uh, optimized for semi-autos, blah, blah. It was the same bullet, just all was like it was colored differently. Marketing. Just rebranded. Re it was ridiculous. It was a marketing thing and it cost like buckets of money more per box email number two from josh i find it helpful when you let the public know what sales are upcoming like nine millimeter rounds from gotenda as soon as gotenda wants to pay us we'll start advertising for them no more free we DJs, do. telling people go to this store they're not sponsoring us calgary shooting center pays the bills denny pays the bills everybody else in uh, yeah pay cash <laughs> uh, Winchester Calgary Shooting Center last week. You missed a 15% off sale at FRC, at SFRC. Uh, more of this would be helpful. I'm sure it Josh would. Wants to have, Josh wants more. Yeah, yeah Josh wants does. us to just Josh wants us to to Google sales for him and tell tell him about them. And I'd be happy to tell him who has ammo for sale as soon as those stores pay us to do it. <laughs> also, where the heck can you find a good deal on 17 HMR? Hey. Uh, someone needs to have a blowout sale on those. A neat, idea, a neat show idea would be an upgrade special on the most popular guns. Like what Canadian-made accessories can you get for a PC carbine or a 1022, for example? Sure. Yeah, hmm. Those are arms. both good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. 
See, he's coming out with all the great ideas. Let's yeah, do a couple replace, of shows. You should replace some of us. Josh, you should, you know, should come on, on yeah. and, uh, and pick one of them topics, and we'll you talk get, about it. You're yeah. doing a great job. Keep it up. Sent to us from Josh V. Yeah, I like his suggestions, except for doing his research. He wants us to find out where the Amazon sale and then tell him, do your own Googling. I know <laughs> Google for you. Got nuts. That's where we get it from. True yeah. story. But, but the reality is since we're only once a week, sometimes these specials and different things they sell up. Yeah, you can't count on us. Don't 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 rely on us for nothing. Although <clears throat> I do know that you Josh, I do know that you got the email from SFRC about the 15% because I got the same one. And then when I came to see you, you said I can't go there because it's 50% off and I can't spend money. <laughs> so I know that you got the 15% off email. Just saying. <laughs> uh, good deal on 17 HMR. Cabela's has uh, okay deals on that sometimes. Uh, I have not seen cheap 17 HMR though. Holy A17 holy. sometimes. A17 uh, goes for a little bit less uh, depending on where you get it from. Sometimes you get that for, what, $69 for 200 which I don't ammo, know. Ammo is just not a thing that goes on sale very often because as much as they produce, it gets purchased. They don't have to put it on sale. And if you are going to find ammo on sale i i think it is going to be at a box store it's going to be at a bass pro it's going to be at a cabela's mm -hmm. mm. well as i said srfrc just had recently had that ammo on sale at 223 because they got a ton of it and people aren't really buying it right now nope because we got nothing to shoot out of exactly speak for yourselves i got i got guns <laughs> to shoot 223 <laughs> Uh, speaking of guns, shoot two, two, three. Next one here is from you can Spencer. Shut up. <laughs> hey guys, hope you are all well. Just wanted to point out that while Adriel keeps suggesting the ACR is an AR-15 replacement, mm -hmm. if he's talking the Bushmaster model we have in the U.S., he's out of luck now. Remington not only stopped producing all DPMS and Bushmaster products last winter, they then uh, shut down the brands themselves. Prices for the ACR have skyrocketed here in the U.S. They are almost unobtainium except for the auction sites. Aren't they also um, back in Chapter 11? Uh, oh, the next part here is, and of course, that was before the Navajo Nation bought Remington out. It's possible they'll clear out old stock on them, but if they do, they will get snapped up well before they can make it up your way. Best wishes, Spencer. Yeah, so the ACR is... Uh, is not going to be the option for three gunners i think the the real option is uh wolverine's ws mcr uh their upgraded one that has steel plates on the side and a couple of things that are fixed uh you know who did a review on, on that one uh you don't like him trevor is uh, ave but he did a a breakdown of that gun uh oh, like him on youtube he's the guy who th throws around he's the engineer uh that does that does not do gun reviews he doesn't know what he's talking about for guns, but he knows what he's oh. talking about for like materials and that kind of thing. Okay, that's why I don't like him. Uh, I don't Dude, know. you got to help me. The list of people I don't like is so long, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think that that must that might be the go-to for three gunners in Canada because, like, as I was going through some of the list, I was trying to think of of what I would what I would use if I didn't have a rifle for three gun right now, and I don't really like any of the answers. I don't like any is of these. The, is the WK still a thing, or did we WK lose that? WK is still a thing. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not prohibited. Still fine. And the the well, it's never fine, but still legal. Correct. Well, I mean, I'll I'll win a match with this. I have won matches with this one. Uh, they're unreliable. They break parts. 
Um, but the new one from Wolverine might be better because it has a different manufacturer, right? Does it shoot out of battery? No. Okay, well, I'm kind of interested then. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) It's got that over the FX9, eh? (laughs) Right. Um, But I mean, like, and the triggers you can swap out, the barrels you could swap out if you really wanted to, forends you can swap out, stock. Like, this isn't the uh, stock stock. The longer, I mean, let's face it. When the Air 15 came out, it had a lot of bugs in its system too. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a new design, but it's still a new product. And if, if they stay behind it, it is going to continue to get refining it better. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't. And give now up that on there's the multiple manufacturers, because there's RWS in Calgary that makes parts, there's. Um, yeah. Well, they were making parts for the original. Correct. And there's. And for that, uh, they make that cool bolt release. Yeah, I've got one on the side there. Yeah, proper. It's nah, not really. It's 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 not like it's usable if you're oh, just yeah, if you just want to lock back. it open. Right. Yeah. But like, how am I supposed to? Okay, I put my mag in. Now what? Yeah. So I, I would just I would just go up there if I need to. Yeah. Of course. Put new mag Andrew in. Andrew Darcy. Andrew Darcy's wondering about the SL8 for three gun. It's just so bloody expensive, and, it, and yeah, I mean, it's I mean. The cost prohibitive and the manual of arms is yeah, but whatever you can get used to that. It's just cost prohibitive. It's not upgradable, but doesn't need to be. I mean, I hear they're super accurate. I've handled them. They don't. I mean, it's just like you, the, the when we, whenever we hand. talk about a, a competition rifle, they're really the deciding factor is like how close to an AR is it? Yeah. Can I use AR barrels? Can I use AR forehands? Can I use AR triggers? Can I use grips, stocks, like all that stuff? Because um, it might be good out of the box for you. It might not be. Like realistically, if I was going to shoot three gun with this, I would probably take this stock off and go to a, a telescoping one, because I have shot a couple of times where it's like, ooh, I'm seated. I need to get this gun through this fake window of a car, and That's I need the yeah. room because I got this stupid 18 inch barrel on it, and I've just collapsed the stock all the way, and I just shoot with it close in. Right now, I can't do that with a fixed stock, so I could probably go back to that. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's gamer stuff, Trevor. I understand. You appreciate the game. I stuff. sure do. <laughs> so, uh, Adriel, uh, do me a favor. Yeah. When you're ready to sell that WK, I'd like first refusal on it. Hmm. I don't know All if right. he's going to get ready to sell it. Uh, I might get the uh, the new one that Wolverine has with the steel okay. plate sides, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. But I mean, the other ones, like, what else? Like, the uh bullpups suck at three gun just just to be just be clear the benelli oh. mr1 maybe i've seen those they're all they're all right they're two thousand bucks thin, thin pencil barrel shitty ergonomics yep, yep. and then they you take get an into air mag. that's all they got going for them su16 not gonna last no that stop. receiver is gonna break it's garbage the plastic receiver just won't it's handle even an option, the abuse no. of three gun no so like there's not really it's not really an option. If you went for for bullpup, there are some guns that would be reliable enough to run. It's just the, the Ergo's man. terrible. The Ergo's uh, are terrible. Again, for you can get used to it. I've seen some guys figure out the manual of arms on a Tavor and rock and, and just make it happen. There's a video of um, Costa. Mm-hmm. Costa figured it out, man. He's like, does this... Mm-hmm. 
bump. I think those guys don't have to reload their magazines as often as we do have right. in Canada. No, no, the whole drill that Costa was doing was a reloading drill with the Tavor to show how it could be done as quickly as an AR. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would be more uh, apt to believe that the Tavor could be run if you just need a little bit of extra training. If yep. anyone ran them competitively. Well, they didn't no have to run does. them competitively, but now they do. There was no need to learn the manual of arms because you had no. ARs and AR-style platforms. Now, you got to learn it, and you're going to learn it. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see how, um, like, if, if anyone at my local three-gun club picks up a, a bullpup, I would be super interested to see if their rankings dropped or Change. stayed the same. If they yeah. just put in a little bit of more dry fire with it and, and they figured out how to like reload it from urban prone and some of these other uh, positions that suck to, to reload with a bullpup. If they figured that out, I wonder if they would stay the same. I believe they will. Bracing sucks with it too. Like uh, the nice thing yeah. with, a, with an AR platform is you're bracing way out there. You can grab mm -hmm. onto like a, a, a chunk of wall and you can make long distance shots like this. And with a, with a bullpup, it's, you're it's just not getting that so far out. Close. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, and it's I, heavy. Yeah, and uh, but like a, a bullpup, like close in. If it's heavy, that's okay. It's just, yeah. And it's heavy for when you got to run and stuff. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. filthy it, found his was awkward to pick up. The, oh, I it, can see that. That's interesting. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's awkward if you haven't done it a lot. If you're right. used to your AR-15, yeah. but it, as Adriel says. Put some time and effort into it. Figure the stuff out, and you know, it, muscle memory. I'm not as optimistic as you guys. I don't think they'll be competitive. I think yeah. if you gave one guy uh, a little bit of dry fire time uh, to figure that stuff out on a Tavor and on a 180, I think they would be a lot faster than with the 180. Probably. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think um, give Keith the 180. Give Keith the Tavor. He gets every bit as fast with the Tavor as he can with the 180. Keith, write in and let us know. This is something that we should I'll test. Message him. We should test this. We should test yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, this would be so good to test. What's okay? What 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 goes into the? What are the parameters around this thing? How much dry fire time do you get on the Tavor before it's time to test head to head? We've already gone too far to the point where it's more effort than we're going to put into it. But it would be like you have to come up with you have to you, an equal amount of dry fire on both, and then. Hear the drills, and then you're timed. And I mean, all you'd, have to, all you'd have to do is take a three-gun stage and say, "Hey, can I reshoot this one with my Tavor now?" That's no. You got to go to the range. You got to set up your own drills. Mm -hmm. You're not going to like piggyback on some match director's match and stages. And no, you 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 get you go to the range. Like you and I would go to the range. We would set up some realistic training drills for three-gun style competition. Mm -hmm. And we would run them with the Tavor and then run them with the WK after just, we wouldn't even need to train on the WK because we've been, we cut our teeth on the air style platform. So we put the WK down and we spent a month on a Tavor, dry firing and live firing. And then we go and we'd run the same drills back to back with the WK and then run the same drills with the Tavor. And I've got we've got a listener, um, Chad, who yep. did a Chad. course with a Tavor. Yeah, Captain uh, Andy's done a course with a Tavor. Filthy runs a Tavor. But to, like, do those guys shoot three gun? Like Chad shoots three gun regularly. So regularly, we should yeah. just ask him because he shoots 
regular three gun matches. We could just ask him to four or And then WK. we don't have to do anything. Perfect. The slam fire away. Mm. The laziness Wait. is like yeah. pinned right up there. We don't Fantastic. even want to shoot guns. Let's Chad, find if you're listening, somebody else who's got one. Yeah, Chad, tell us. We need to know. Uh, if you'd like to email the show and give us like fantastic show ideas so we don't have or to if think you want them up. To, if you want to give us a TV show, this would be a great episode. We See, if we were doing a TV show and had a budget, this would definitely be an episode. This is the kind of thing we would do mm -hmm. if we would just, you know, quit our day Fly out to somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wearing the, the COVID buy, mask. Buy the you know? range out. Just be like, nope, sorry. We're nope. doing something today. Go home, poors. Go home. <laughs> it's our range today. Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to offer us a show, uh, email the show at slamfireradio.com. Really. It's time, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, podcast app reviews. We don't have any of those. Patreon supporters, no new Patreonies. But if you'd like to, head on over to patreon.com forward slash slamfireradio to help support the show. Uh, shout help fund our TV show. TV show, yeah. Um, yeah, to all the match directors of the matches that I attended, thank you very much for putting on matches right now in these uncertain times of foolishness uh so justin uh, joe and joel you guys all your matches were awesome i had a great time and uh looking forward to going to your matches again soon awesome kelly yeah i have a couple so i have one for josh v i kind of already gave him a shout out but thanks for the amazing service at fw black and i received my new fridge today and it's awesome thank you and also to thomas g for putting on a kick-ass orps match yesterday it was so much fun i'm going to shoot it again i think well not i think i am and to also to mercy for hosting us and all the good stuff we had and all the fun we had yeah that's it awesome uh, please join our National Firearms Association, such as the CCFR. Check us out on Gunners of Canada, like us on Facebook, and we'll see you next week. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.